I'm coming for all of you. Right now, there's a 15-year-old sophomore in high school who has no idea they're studying nursing just so they can wipe my ass in 17 years. I'm 50 and single. That's a fantastic combination. I'm going to spend my golden years dating a handful of spit and a jug of Astroglide. Hey, what's happening? Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast. Does my voice sound strong? Does it sound more muscly? I hope so. I'm back in the gym. Hi, all you attaboy fit brigaders. You know, I've been a bad dad over there. I've not been a good guy. We formed the Little Schmitty's Attaboy Fit Brigade, and it's on Facebook now. Some people have joined, and I'm shamed, quite frankly, because everybody did this uh, under my the rubric, the the umbrella of my encouragement. We were all going to be there to attaboy one another and say, hey, this is great. And then uh, I stopped doing things that required attaboys. I mean, I, I certainly I, I go to the gym and I lift, but I'm like, well, nobody wants to fucking hear about that. We've talked about this a billion times, but there are people who are still doing it who are still in there posting all the time. Our friend Brian Kilmer, he was doing it, and then I think he got laid up with a disease of some sort. I think he got the shingles. He might have got the croup. I think he got the gout. Whatever the fuck happened to Brian, he got uh, he got waylaid. But there are other people like our friend Spencer Mahar. Spencer's on a P90X trip. That's a dude, and he's been writing me for years to tell me, hey, Mike, you uh, probably don't want to die, so you should go ahead and lift some weights. And thank you, Spencer, for thinking of me. But now... All he does is rub my face in it because he's on the Attaboy Schmidt Brigade, or Fit Brigade. <laughs> uh, Little Schmitty's Attaboy Fit Brigade. Fit, Frit, Fit Brigade. That's a hard thing to say fast. Uh, but Spencer's there. He's posting his, like, P90X stuff. And I honestly, in my head, I saw it yesterday because uh, I'm recording this on a Tuesday, and it went up on Monday. Or maybe it went up on Tuesday morning. It's a long day. It's a long couple of days, folks, because I've rebooted my life yet again. We'll get to that in a few minutes. However... In watching Spencer post his P90X, he's like, hey, anybody else who's got like the aptitude or the uh, whatever, wherewithal or the fucking hardware to do this shit, you should post this. And I'm like, uh, I don't have that. But in my mind, I wouldn't mind doing a little P90X action with our friend Spencer. And that's not code for any sort of banging around. That's code for me saying, hey, I'll lift those weights that you got written on that newspaper or whatever. Uh, but then I got to reach out to Spencer and then he's got to be my coach. See, this is the thing is I'm always looking for somebody to be like a coach or a life coach. That's why the Attaboy Fit Brigade was launched in the first place. And then, uh, and as I I've mentioned our friend Amanda was involved and our friend Dave Zawaki, all these fine people who are doing great things. Our friend Scott Palmer, who I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, this guy's running every goddamn day. Every single day he's out there just letting the wind blow right through those red follicles of his. I mean, he's just out there fucking getting it done. And I have not. I am not. So today... I record this today, Tuesday, May 1st, and I tell you, I'm back, baby. I'm back for the attack. And I know, look, you can go listen to the history of the show, and there's plenty of times I've put a flag in the ground. Uh, and then, of course, I've picked up that flag, and I've sautéed it and eaten it, because that's the kind of fucking fella I am. But I'm I'm back. I went and lifted with John on Monday, because I, I skipped a couple of weeks of even fucking lifting, because lifting was fine. No cardio is a bummer. But uh, I even stopped lifting while John was in Japan. That's right, my trainer John went to Japan, uh, which sounds like a fun trip, except uh, I had accidentally left a pair of shoes over there. He went to pick them up for me because I couldn't afford the flight. He's like, well, dude, I go, I'll just head over because, again, he's a good guy who does anything you ask him. And I was like, foal, fuck, fuck, foal, uh, foal, fuck. Uh, don't fuck a foal. Seriously, by all means, keep it in your pants. If you see a deer that can't stand on its knobby legs, I know you think it'd be funny to just ram your cock right up inside there, but let this foal get her fucking legs first and then let her decide, for fuck's sake, if she wants to fuck you. You can't just sneak up on a foal and bugger it while it's trying to walk. It's having enough trouble being all knock-kneed and drippy with fucking deer goo. And and it's going to get, eventually, it's going to have to watch its mom get shot in the fucking head. You can't have, because I don't know if you know that, every deer, 
every deer who's born. It's like whenever, you know, what is it? Like uh, praying mantis fucks a chick and then like she be- she eats his head. Like that happens. Or uh, sometimes I think it's a penguin who fucks somebody and then his dick breaks off inside her and then he's just, he's done. He's like mated for life. Well, deer, when they're born, eventually all deer have to watch their mom murdered. That's, that's, not, that's not a Bambi thing. That's just a fact of fucking life, folks. That's why Fox had so many uh, troubles going ahead and casting that world's most dangerous animals because it'd always be some fucking idiot who wanted to fight a porcupine or a kangaroo. But then inevitably they're like, well, let's get some deer on here. They're like, well, we got to find some male deer with the huge fucking antlers. And they're like, what about female deer? They're like, well, we can't. We shoot all of them, right? Right as soon as they give birth. They give birth. And then their deers are raised to a point where they can talk. And once the deer can talk, then you're going to shoot the mom in the head. It's just the way we do things in this country. I don't know how you handle things outside of this country. Uh, quite frankly, I'm very interested to find out how you handle things outside of this country. Because honestly, uh, right now, this is fucking, uh, this, this country's a fucking mess. What an upside down fucking hourglass snow globe this fucking thing's become. I can't even, are you ready? Are you like me, folks? Are you ready to watch your heroes die? Are you ready to see that happen? I'll get to that in just a second. But we were talking about Little Schmitty's Attaboy Fit Brigade. <laughs> now that, I, that was my head just kind of spun off there. Um, but I'm a guy who, you know, so I'm back in it. That's the point. I, so John came back. We hit the gym on Monday. Today's Tuesday. I did not do cardio today because uh, my schedule got all fucked up on the weekend. And here's why. I know you're like, oh, Mike, there's always a fucking because. Why? Well, I don't give a fuck about you putting your line in the sand and telling me I can't have a because. I will always have a because. You know why? Because, 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 because of the wonderful things that I does. So here's the thing, man. I, uh, I, I, I worked out on Monday lifted and I'm like, all right, Tuesday, I, I'm going to go because I want to, I, I talked to Shannon because also I hadn't seen her for two weeks. Maybe that's why I was so fucked up last weekend or last week. I should say no John, no Shannon for a couple of weeks, no brain gymnastics, no lifting, no actual pushing around mental weights or physical weights. And so what do you do? You just get lost and forged in fire. And by the way, a listener has reached out to me. I turned, I can't remember his name. Uh, because I haven't read his note yet. <laughs> I only saw the first line of his note. Here's the thing. When people write you a direct message on Twitter, uh, if you read it, then they see that you've read it. And I'm like, well, fuck, if I read that, then I got to answer this guy. And I've been kind of busy the last few days, folks, because look, my life is nothing if not chock full of stuff to do. Um, but this person listened to my Forged in Fire show, and he's like, dude, if you come back to Illinois and you want to make a fucking knife, I, I've i got the, the forge, I've got a whole deal, a hammer, he's got metal, whatever the fuck he's got. So I gotta be, I'm, I'm answering you now, whoever you were, I didn't, I don't remember your name. So anyway, when Twitter, people send you a direct message, you don't read it because then people see you read it and you gotta answer it, but they send you a copy to your email, so you get to see like the first sentence of it or the first two sentences. And so I read that this guy... Fucking yawn. Hold on. Uh, he offered me the opportunity to go build a knife somewhere in, in Illinois, uh, which also that could be just a lure, right? You could just he could just be dumping me Fargo style in a fucking wood chipper. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen? Um, but I will I will FaceTime from that from his uh, unless there's no Wi-Fi. Fuck, I, I got to think this out before I accept this offer. I get on the air. I should probably think it through. I'm not fuck thinking things through. I didn't get here. T- I didn't. I haven't done ten years of this fucking show thinking things through. For God's sake, uh, so I'm here to tell you if I'm in Illinois and I'm close to you, dude. Yeah, man, I'm coming to make a knife. And what I'm really gonna do is I'm gonna call Max and I'm gonna check with him and see if I'm in town and he's in town and if my godson's in town and if he's into it because he might not be. I know my 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 godson loves knives. Like he's he's fucking fascinated with the blades and shit. I got him one for his birthday and uh, he he digs them. I wonder if he would like, because I know he watched Forge and Fire with Max, because that was why Max told me to watch it. So I don't know. He might, because again, he's a teenager, man. That shit, you can grow out of that shit immediately. Like he might like knives one day and the next day he likes to make pudding. I mean, I got no fucking clue. Now, granted, I don't think Val wants to make any pudding unless he's going to make it. You know what? Here's actually, this is totally true. Val would make the pudding. 
He would let it sit on the countertop so it developed the skin on the top, and then he would stab it with his steely knives. But he just can't kill the jello. It can't happen, man. He just can't kill that bowl of pudding. He'll try. He will stab it with his steely knives, but he just can't kill that feast. So uh, I want to get him involved. He might be involved. Uh, if he's not busy stabbing his pudding, and again, that's a teenager thing, as you all know. We, when actually, I guess, really, technically, when you get older, that's all you want to do is stab pudding. Like you're with, as a guy, you're just like, "Fuck, I just got to stab pudding the rest of my life." Pudding is actually, I've I've heard that used for pussy before. I'm not a I'm not a fan of that term, pudding or pudding. I'll be honest, I don't even like the word pudding. I don't like pudding or pudding. Uh, and then Matt Aswell did a show called Pudding, and it was like, yeah. I mean, I would watch it, and it was fucking weird and kind of abstract, but. uh but just the name is just creepy to me because the name Puddin' or Pudding, I don't even like when Harley says it. When fucking Harley Quinn says Puddin' and she calls the Joker Puddin', it's just like, I don't I just, that word is not a word I care for. Uh, and I don't have a lot of problems with moist. Moist I could live with. Um, but yeah, Puddin' is a word that just, yeah, it just, I'm just not a fan. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why I don't like, I don't want to eat pudding. Like, because it just, it just sounds, eh. But I guess stabbing pudding, I could be on all, all on board with stabbing pudding, literally and figuratively, if you know what I'm talking about, ladies. <laughs> Look at me reaching out to you in the most disgusting metaphor I could possibly imagine in this uh, fucking t- timeline. All right. The point is I want to go make a knife. If I'm in Chicago, I might. I'm, I will definitely do it myself, but I would love to bring my godson along and bring Max along, and we could go make knives together, and we could all have a fucking triumvirate of knives. And on the way home, what do we do? We stab people. No pudding. We stab people on the fucking way home. Because, I, look, I'm hoping he's deep enough in the woods of Illinois where we can find somebody that nobody will miss. Because if, if he's, like, near fucking, you know, where Max lives, that's a populated area. We start knifing people, people start asking fucking questions. But if this dude lives in a fucking wooded area, it's just like him, Unabomber-style, making knives in a manifesto, then we fucking show up, we forge our knives in fire, we all cut our palms and shake hands, we make a four-person blood oath, and then we go out and kill the first six drifters we see. Because there's plenty of drifters out there. Don't get Actually, bullshit. You know what we do? We go kill the drifters. It's summer concert season. We go out to one of those bad pop shows. We kill the coasters. We kill the drifters we kill the fucking ink spots everybody goes down and you know where we bury those bodies under the boardwalk <laughs> yeah god damn it i should end the show now because i'm fucking good at this all right this is a lot of yelling um oh, if you kill the drifters you have to bury the bodies under the boardwalk i am so proud of myself right now you have no fucking clue um all right so i want to make a knife that's the point so this guy made an offer he's like dude come make a knife so i'm in dude i'm whoever offered it to me i'm coming to make a knife i just don't know when it'll be this summer sometime and hopefully my godson will be involved like i said the four of us will go down there oh my god we'll have a coven it'll be like race with the devil with fucking uh, uh loretta swit that's a movie that scared the shit out of me when i was a kid it's weird it's the weirdest thing it shouldn't scare you the scariest things are the weirdest things that scare you when you're a kid i was like 12 when i first saw that fucking movie race with the devil and it's about uh four people in an rv and something happens where they have a fucking, uh, and again, only only then would this be a scary thing to anybody. But, because no, because now the real world is too fucking weird. So this wouldn't affect anybody now. But it's like four people on a camping trip and they run into some Satanists. Like they stumble on a, like a satanic ritual, I think, where they're killing a goat or whatever the fuck. Uh, they're buffing a skull to a high sheen so they can see their satanic faces in it. I don't know what they were doing, but they were doing something with robes and fire. Uh, well, uh, look, and we got to have forging robes, don't we? Hey, knife guy, I, you with your house, you got all that shit. We have to have costumes. We got to wear fucking knives and, and fucking monk robes. We got to forge shit. And not, we won't say a word the entire weekend. Like nobody gets to talk. We take a vow of silence when we cook up our blades. Check out my blade. God, I can't wait. Uh, but in this movie, Race with the Devil, these four people, 
Uh, it's Loretta Swit from MASH, and then three other fucking nondescript bumblefucks. I don't know who the fuck they are. It's like fucking, because I want to say Peter Fonda, but I think he's in Race with the Devil. I don't think Peter Fonda's in a TV movie back in the fucking 70s. But it was, uh, it was four people, and they stumble onto a satanic ritual where they're out there, whatever the fuck. Uh, lynching a goat or whatever the fuck you do with yourself when you're doing a satanic thing. Because again, I don't even get, I don't get Christians. I don't get fucking any of these religious people. You know, Jesus is on a cross. Everybody's like, yeah, that's fucking awesome. Totally died for our sins. Then Satanists are like, hey, let's put this goat on a cross. Everybody's like, man, that's sacrilege. It's like, what do you mean? Why why can't you crucify a goat? Uh, you know, I'm going to say, I'm right now, I'm coming on the, down on the side of the Satanists. God, my voice sounded weird there. That sounded like a trumpet almost. Uh, I'm coming down on the side of the Satanists. Let's crucify a goat. Let's do it. You know, maybe we do that in the woods and we build our knives. We fucking build a crucifix. We fucking crucify a goat. We shake hands with the bloody palms and we go out. Like I said, six drifters are done under the boardwalk. Finished. Uh, and, well, well, but first we got to go down by the sea. Of course we have to drive because there is no sea in Illinois. Um, but sea is for cookie and that's good enough for me. I'll tell you this. All right. So here's the deal, folks. Uh, we are going to go make knives in Illinois. Oh, race with the devil. Fuck. So then, then what it is, is that four of them stumble into this fucking satanic ritual. And, uh, and I think Loretta Switz sneezes or something, or, or I, I don't know, the, the fake Peter Fonda honks the horn. I, some dumb shit. But of course that triggers off a chase where all of the Satanists now hop into their satanic vehicles and they've got to chase Loretta Switz because all movies come down to a chase. The Warriors, the Warriors got to bop their way back to Coney and they're getting chased by the AC Turnbulls and every other fucking guy. And they got to run across and get on a subway train. Everybody's being chased in any of those good movies from the seventies. Uh, the French Connection, guys are chasing everybody all over. Serpico, and he's chasing a dude, you know, fucking that's not bullet. Fucking people are chasing that's how it works. So in Race with the Devil, that's what they did. They co-opted all of those great chases, and they said, let's slow it down with an RV. Let's do that. Let's make the least exciting chase we could possibly think of. Let's have a bunch of guys in robes for a wind drag and four people in a fucking RV that couldn't possibly be caught. Um... And then by the end of the movie, so I'm going to spoil this movie because fuck that. I mean, look, I normally am not a spoiler guy, but you're never going to watch Race with the Devil. But I have to spoil it to tell you the scary part because I just said how scary it was. And then I'm now I'm telling you how fucking stupid it was. But I mean, it was kind of dumb when you really think about it. But really, if you want to go ahead and train your high powered eye on it with a jeweler's loop and think to yourself, well, nothing about this is scary. Why is Mike telling us it's a scary movie? Ha ha. Here's why. The fucking ending. They finally get away from the Satanists. Like they, they you know, it's a, again, it's a race with the devil. They win the race. They actually go to the finish line, and they're like, "Woohoo!" Finally, and uh, and I forget again. All I get it's piecing together this thing from my youth. I was like fucking nine. Okay, give me a break. But they fucking oh, hold on. My table's about to collapse. I can feel it right there. All right, I can just set it up. Um, they had to get away from these fucking dudes, so they finally do, and then they wind up escaping into the dark. And it's it's I I'm remembering it again very vaguely because it was I was a billion years young, and they fucking like they're all like, Whew, "Good thing we got away from the Satanists." And then out of nowhere, like a big fire ring goes up around the fucking RV in a pentagram. And then you just see like a thousand Satanists walking toward the RV in a circle with fucking torches. Like, cause there's nowhere for these guys to go. They're trapped. And, uh, and that's the end of the movie. So I think what happened is they crucified Loretta Swit like a goat. You know what? Here's how pathetic I am as a guy. Let's talk about this for just a second. I don't know why the other day Loretta Swit popped into my head. Oh, I think uh, it was a commercial for MASH on MeTV. And in my head, I was like, was, was Loretta Swit hot? Like, I wonder if she was hot. So then I Googled Loretta Swit hot and Loretta Swit nude. <laughs> Fucking terrible. And uh, Loretta Swit, I, some pictures did come up. Uh, I think she did some body movie or something, but the main pictures that came up was she was at the, uh, she did a bikini poster and, but boy, Oh, I'll tell you what, what a grim visage on her face. She just, she looks like a creature mask wearing a bikini. It's just not, uh, Loretta was not the, and look, I know it's the me too era and I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be termed problematic. 
But uh, Loretta Swit, nah, didn't do her mirror any favors. Let's put it that way, okay? Let's just let's just do it that way. But also, but then I go the other way with it. She had like kind of big lips, and she had this blondish hair. It's kind of wispy, and it was the seventies. So maybe she had that natural granola like the thing, you know, like like if you're wanting to stick your dick in a bag of granola, there you go. There's Loretta Switch. She's right there for you with those big ass lips, looking like fucking and talking about hot lips Houlihan and being the fucking sexy Loretta Switch that she could possibly be. And I'll tell you what. If you're the devil, she'll run away from you until you catch her and put a ring of fire around her, and then you bang away. That's what you got to do. Uh, you got to get her. Please, again, it's the Me Too era. Please make sure that Loretta Swit says it's okay. Please make sure you get con- uh, consent. That's the word I'm looking for. Jesus Christ. I couldn't even remember the word in the moment. <laughs> I, I was thinking conscientious because I like it was weird. This, all right, here's how my brain works. I went, you're not even going to get her. And I went, conscientious, conscientious objector. She was in MASH. She was in the army. Maybe she conscientiously objects to sex. Like, that's where my fucking brain ping-ponged to until the word consent fucking finally found its way through the wormhole of my brain down into my goddamn mouth. Uh, so here's the point. If you want to bang a Loretta Sweet, you can find her nude on the internet, or at least sort of nude. But also, she was in Battle of the Network Stars. And I feel bad for her in that because, you know, that was just all straight up T and, some, and, and A where they fucking, you know, they got Catherine Bach and Suzanne Summers and Linda Carter wearing short shorts and playing volleyball with no bras on. And then Loretta Swit toddles out looking okay. I mean, again, you're the hottest chick in Korea. That's, t- that's fine. I got no problem with you being the hottest chick in Korea. I understand an Alan Alda wants to rail you. I understand a BJ wants to rail you. Possibly Major Winchester wants to rail you. Even Klinger in his ladies' clothes, he wants to rail you. Radar does not want to rail you because he's got the bad hand, and that's all he can think about is trying to get you in bed and fumbling with your bra hook with the bad hand. It wouldn't work. Now, Colonel Potter, does he want to rail you? Of course he does. Does Henry Blake want to rail you? Yes. Uh, and, of course, Frank Burns. He t- <laughs> is it, Why is this roll call for MASH all of a sudden? Uh, by the way, MASH was a show from the 70s. I don't know if you're aware of this, folks, but there was a show called MASH. It was not as popular as its sequel after MASH, but you might want to look it up. It's a footnote in history. Uh, actually, MASH, well, not actually. I can't actually. You know, guys know I'm fucking around here. Uh, but whenever you read about like that MASH, like the finale of MASH was like the largest watch show in the history of television, it's... It's kind of a mind-boggling moment for a second, but then at the same time, it makes you just go, oh, man, that that makes no sense at all. What the fuck? Uh, what else was going on on the earth at that point in time that everybody settled in to watch the end of MASH, where they spell goodbye with rocks and somebody crashes into the J- Sea of Japan? Uh, that's not the finale, but somebody does crash into the Sea of Japan. No spoilers for MASH. You must watch from the beginning to find out whose plane goes into the Sea of Japan. There were no survivors. Uh and I get news. All right, let me ask you this. If you're a fucking, if you're one of the the meatball ground up GIs on the table, getting operated on by a Hawkeye or a BJ, and now that'll let you know, or even a, a Trapper John, I think might've been in this one. Uh, and they're operating on you. And then why does Radar come in in the middle of the fucking surgery to tell them that their beloved, the, all right, again, no spoilers, but a beloved character has died. Like, if you're, if you're one of the guys getting operated on, aren't you like, could you save this news until after they save my life? Could you possibly holster the idea of one of their best friends dying in the Sea of Japan while they're putting forceps on one of my fucking uh, open arteries? Could you do that? Because I don't want to bleed out here on the table because fucking Hawkeye's crying about the fact that he lost fucking uh, Colonel Blake. Fuck! Spoiler! Damn it! I apologize, folks. I didn't mean to spoil MASH for you. I know you were just getting ready. You were popping the popcorn. You're like, you know what? As soon as Mike's done with this run, I'm going to go ahead and pause it. And I'm going to go watch the entire run of MASH and come back to see exactly what he's talking about. Uh, But yeah, man, if you're fucking radar, have some tact, man. Wait until the fucking surgery. And look, I recognize that they would get, uh, you know, incoming or whatever the fuck. What are the choppers? They would get choppers, which meant they had to do surgery. And uh, it's Korea, man. There's always people getting fucking ground up in the meat grinder. There's always fucking hand grenades going off. There's 
there's always a chicken you got to murder on a bus. All right, that shit always happens in MASH. So uh, inevitably, the surgery is just going to keep coming and coming and coming and coming. And that's why they're making homemade liquor and drinking themselves stupid and then and trying to make fun of fucking Frank Burns and Major Winchester. I get it. However, while they're in there doing the surgery, Radar... Hold on to the nugget that Colonel Blake has died over the Sea of Japan, please. They don't, they got people's lives to save. You think they're going to double down? I think, you're, if anything, you're just going to fuel, because already, look, fucking Hawkeye's enough of a nihilist already. He's already like, this war is fucking stupid. This whole thing is fucking dumb. I don't get it. I don't like it. I want out. And then he calls up, uh, he has Klinger call a fucking rib joint in Chicago to order ribs. Good for him. However, his pranks and his shenanigans are put on the shelf when he goes in to do surgery, because if there's one thing that fucking Hawkeye cares about, it's saving lives, God damn it. So sure enough, you come in there, he's saving lives, they're all saving lives, they can barely keep their eyes open, they've been doing surgery for fucking 35 hours straight, because that's how they try to do it, because they have to send our boys back online, back in waves, to go ahead and take on the evil Korean machine that we shouldn't have been even there fighting in the first place, just because we wanted to stop communism from showing up, and guess what, showed up anyway, motherfuckers, I don't know why we sent BJ over there, it was a waste of fucking time, but still, you got Hawkeye in there, he's doing surgery, and Trapper John, they're doing surgery, everybody's out there fucking Loretta Switch, he's handing forceps and clamps and all sorts of bullshit, scalpels and nonsense, mopping brows, they're all in there doing their job, and you wander in, swinging your fucking club dick around, and you're like, hey, got news for you. Henry Blake just got shot down over the Sea of Japan. And that's bad enough. That's bad. Leave it there, Radar. Leave it there, because then it's a hanging cliffhanger, and maybe it gets their adrenaline pumping to get them through the rest of the surgery so they can go, you know what? Let's save some lives so we can find out what happened to Henry Blake. But instead, you fucking bow your head, and you just drop, there were no survivors on them. Why? You've just doomed everybody on the table to a fucking drawn-out, bled-out death. Nobody's going to want to save any fucking lives. Again, like I said, Hawkeye's enough of a guy who, like, I hate this thing, there's no point to this war. You just came in and told him one of his best fucking friends died over the Sea of Japan. You think he cares about the private from fucking Matumwa, Iowa, sitting there on the goddamn table? Matumwa, not Matumwa. This, I got, I, look, let me clarify. The private was from Matumwa, Iowa. I'm not sure if there is a Matumwa, Iowa. Although I remember Dikembe Matumwa, and he was going to give you, you know what? Actually, they did surgery on Dikembe Matumwa, and he stood up and he went and gave him the fucking finger wag. You know what? I wish Dikembe Matumwa would have been there to fucking give you the finger wag radar when you burst into the goddamn place to go, hey, by the way, our friend Henry Blake died. There were no survivors. And he just gets up and he gives you the fucking finger wag, fucking Matumbo. You can't sex Matumbo. You can't tell Matumbo Henry Blank is dead. You can't come in and ruin fucking Hawkeye's day. He's got lives to save for fuck's sake. I look, somebody get the fucking stopwatch out because I don't know how how long of a rant. I haven't seen MASH in fucking 18 years. Easy tops. I have not watched a full episode of MASH. I've got it. It's got even before before I moved to LA, 97. In 20 years, I haven't watched a fucking episode of MASH, and I think I just ran down all of it for you. I think I did, and I put, and not only that, I just came up with the tremendous stunt casting of Dikembe Mutombo. He was playing Private Mutombo from Mutombo, Iowa. Of course, or from Mutombo. He was Private Mutombo from Mutombo, and he was Mutombo. Mutombo playing Mutombo from Mutombo. God damn it. That's got to be the name of the show, right? I should write it the fuck down. Mutombo playing Mutombo from Mutombo. Uh, shit, I hate fucking having to stop down and write the fucking thing. Why don't I have a fucking producer? All right, hold on. That's the 21-minute mark. Hold that. Da, da, don't look at that. Fuck, sorry, guys. Uh, so stupid. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, but again, wouldn't you be proud of yourself if you came up with Matumbo playing Matumwa for a Matumwa? God damn, that's the name. Um, and, and look, I just read somebody, like I said, I read somebody going, there's nothing worse than one fucking podcast. Say that's the name of the podcast. Duh. Well, I wouldn't fucking do it if there wasn't a fucking, if the producer was here to fucking have a legal pad and write shit down. But when it's solo, what do you expect me to do? Listen to the fucking show back? I mean, look, that's a brilliant run on MASH, but I don't know if I want to relive it. I don't know if I can dive in there and start fucking listening to that, goddammit. 
<sighs> let's lift weights. Let's get fucking pumped, man. I'm back. Like I said, this week I'm back with Shannon. I'm back with John. Monday was great. I told Shannon, I go, look, man, because I had an epiphany. I won't lie to you guys. I had a fucking epiphany while I was driving over the weekend because I was driving. I drove a fuck ton. I drove a bunch. And, uh, I went to pick up some people. It was like three people, man. Fucking, and, and, uh, well, I didn't know it was three people. Of course, only one person can or- order it. And I was at a hotel down in fucking West Hollywood. And I pulled up, and I'm across the fucking street, right, from the from the entrance. I'm right at the fucking entrance. There's a valet entrance and then a front entrance of the hotel. But it's all in the same fucking block. Uh, I'm maybe 100 feet. Not even. That's 30 yards. I'm fucking, I'm 10 yards from the fucking valet entrance. I'm the only fucking car out there. I'm a gold Toyota Camry with fucking flashers on. That's it. So uh, I call this dude, and uh, he's, uh, it turns out he's fucking French. So we know what that's all about. I have no idea what that's all about, but it's fun to say. But he's like, jetamay, or whatever the fuck they say. And I'm like, hey, uh, it's your Uber. I'm here. I do not see you. I said, great. I'm I'm outside the front of the hotel. I'm here as well. Terrific. I'm I'm the only car here. Literally, there's nobody else on the street. But I am, I am out here right now. I do not see you. I go, look, dude, I'm right between the valet and the main entrance. I did it on purpose. So if you're at the valet, you can see me. If you're at the main entrance, you can see me. But I am here and I do not see you. Dude. I'm the only car. It's a gold Toyota Camry. I am right here. Now, look, at this point, I know what he's doing. He wants me to drive up right to his fucking dick so he can just slide into the fucking car. He doesn't want to walk because, again, people are entitled cunts, and they do this all the fucking time. I told you, I've pulled up to a house. I've pulled up to, like, 2018, and the person will be at 2020 standing in the driveway. And I pull over in front of 2018 because the app tells me I'm roughly there, and people will just stand there. I, will, I can see them and bathed in my headlights. And then I'll call them and I'll go, hi, it's your Uber. I'm outside. And they'll go, oh, yeah, I'm in the driveway. I go, great. I'm, I'm right here. I'm in, kind of in front of that. And they go, well, no, could you pull up? And they make me drive six feet to pick so they can get in the car. Uh, I, I don't fucking get it. I don't understand it. It's just entitled cocksuckers and good for you. But this guy's worse because he's an entitled cocksucker with a fucking beret and a tiny cigarette and a fucking striped shirt. And he's now trapped in a box. This guy, he doesn't want to get to my car because he's got to walk against the wind. Fuck you, Marcel Marceau. Get in my fucking vehicle. So I, I'm on the phone. I'm like, look, dude, I, I don't want to say his name, but he had a fucking, it wasn't a French name, but it was a pretentious name. Like if your last name was like, uh, like if your first name was Reynolds, like that kind of bullshit, I'll call him Reynolds. Why not? So I'm like, Reynolds, listen, I'm right here. I'm a gold Toyota camera. I go, listen, I'm going to honk. Listen. And I honk and I hear it come out of my fucking phone. And he goes, I do not see you. I do not. I'm very sorry. And I look in my rearview mirror and he's in the valet. He's standing there at the valet. I can totally see him. And I go, look, I can see you. You're at the valet. He goes, where are you? I go, look to your left. He looks and I go, my hand's out the window. I'm the, I'm the only car on the block. He goes, oh, could you turn around and pick us up? You fucking jag off. I knew it. That's all he wanted. That's all he fucking wanted to do. So I was like, yes, of course I can, Reynolds. I'll be there post haste. Because again, this is just like France. I know, I know you're used to riding around on a bicycle with baguettes falling out of your fucking basket. And in America, you think we just fucking chop, fucking chop. But you fucking jack off. Walk to my car. So uh, I see Reynolds there and I, I do a U-turn, of course, and I pull up. And uh, I will tell you this. I pull up and Reynolds, he's smoking a cigarette. So that's another reason why I didn't want to get into my car because he's knocking down a fucking butt and he doesn't want to fucking put it out. So he's just relaxing with his fucking uh, clove fucking cigarette that he found at Dunkirk or he won in the war or whatever the fuck. And he's just like, uh, how are you today? And I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. Get in the car. So then he wheels out two fucking gigantic suitcases. It turns out in the middle of the fucking Sunday, they're going to the airport. 
Ah, fuck. And I don't mind. I like long drives because I like making money, but I don't want this fucking guy. I didn't want this guy in my car at all, but now I got to take him to the fucking airport. And then he brings out two women with him, uh, a couple of Asian girls. And, uh, and one of them was like crazy hot. And the other one might've been her mother possibly. But, uh, Reynolds goes, I go, you need help with the bags? Uh, no, it's okay. And so I opened the trunk and then they, you know, my trunk has a ton of fucking recycling. <laughs> it's, it's like a bed of used water bottles. And they always, everybody's taken aback. Like your trunk is full of garbage. And like, it's not garbage, it's recycling. I, there's $7 in my fucking trunk right now. Uh, and a bunch of grocery bags, but then he puts it in and he climbs in and, and, and get this. He lets, there's the Asian girls. Again, the two of them, they should be on a cake singing a Mothra. They're that, that fucking small. They're really tiny. Uh, they get their pocket size, especially for a guy because Reynolds is a big dude. He's probably like 6'3". And I will tell you this, strapping dude, fucking muscles in his arms, muscles in his chest. Uh, it, he's just a big fucking guy. And he's in great, I can just tell he's in fucking amazing shape. So God forbid you walk 10 fucking steps to my fucking car. But again, he wanted to finish that cigarette. And that was my epiphany. This guy was beautiful. I, I can't lie. Reynolds might have been a dick, but he was gorgeous. Beautiful face, perfect smile, unbelievable body. Uh, he, he looked like the kind of dude who would be uh, in the Olympics playing water polo, like in the really small bathing suit, and you could just see his eight pack. Like he's just, he was fucking beautiful. But he's smoking. And he gets in the car, he sits next to me with his giant fucking backpack, and he just reeks of cigarettes. So I turn the fucking air on immediately because I gotta air the joint out. The two Asian ladies are very nice and they're apologetic. They get in the back seat and they titter and they laugh. I think it was high, it might have been Puffy Yumi in my back seat. Hi, hi, Puffy Yumi show. Uh, so they're in the back and we're driving. I'm heading to the airport and he just reeks, man. He's got, because also he's French. So as you know, not a fan of soap. And uh, even in Los Angeles, he's at a hotel. It's free fucking soap. Use the soap, Frenchie. Just fucking douse yourself in it, all right? God damn it, you war loser. Fucking sh- get a shower and clean the fuck up. Uh, so he instead, he instead he decides to stink. He made that fucking choice. I'm going to stink. I will stink. I don't, I don't know why the German came in with Ville, but still. But sure enough, this fucking dude... He, he stinks of cigarettes and B.O. He gets in the front fucking seat. It's like a French hobo. And, uh, and I drive. But the epiphany I had was I thought to myself, this guy is beautiful. I mean, from head to fucking toe, I'm sure inside and out, gorgeous. Other than his fucking lungs, which he's now destroying willfully with cigarettes. Not even a vape. Can't even give me the bullshit answer of, no, it's a thin mist that covers your lungs or whatever the fuck they always come up with. No, don't you understand? It is not chemical inducing at all. It is just a way to suck an electronic cock so I don't have to put a cigarette in my mouth. Good for you, vapors. Uh, But instead, he's like, fuck, he gets in. And I I said, he's beautiful. Why? Because I got a lot of time to contemplate this because we get on the fucking 405 heading down toward the airport. And uh, I, I thought, why would you willfully fuck yourself up? Why would you fuck your body up? Why would you hurt yourself? Uh, especially because you got two Asian girls who obviously love you. You're, 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 you're gorgeous. And I thought, you know what? This guy's putting poison in his body now. He's probably like 25 years old. And eventually, because we we're all getting cancer. Everybody knows that, right? We all know that we're going to get cancer. Even if you get hit by a bus and die, I guarantee you at your funeral, you will somehow get cancer and it will eat you away in the, in the casket. Cancer is undefeatable. It's like time, time and cancer are just fucking coming for you. I think I had an equation on another show like that. If anybody remembers that, please tell me what it was. Time versus cancer versus whatever. God damn, I used to be funny. So fucking this dude, I thought you're willfully destroying something beautiful. You're fucking, all you are is Ed Norton at this point. You're just in, in fucking fight club. You just, it's, it's, and your, and your body is Jared Leto. 
And I thought to myself, why would you fucking, you're beautiful. You're a beautiful guy. You got fucking hot girls with you. Why would you consciously destroy yourself? And in the same thought process, I was floating through that as I'm staring on the 405 at the license plate in front of me. And then in my head, I went, you know what? Fuck. Why are you destroying yourself? I mean, this guy's 25. He's got another 25 years to catch up to you. So he'll probably do enough damage to himself. But you're 50. The fuck is your excuse? You don't get off the fucking couch. You don't do anything. You, you know, you did for a while because you were doing it for other people. But you don't fucking, you just, you're eating chocolate bars left and fucking right. Three, three a fucking day, two a fucking day. You're willfully putting poison into your body. And you, and you know, cause I know, look, I already told you I'm having trouble with my knees. I'm having trouble with a bunch of stuff and it's my own fucking fault. I'm not, I'm not farming this out to anybody. I'm not going, well, the thing is now fuck that, man. This is my fault. I've made this choice just like he made the choice to smoke. And when he's 60 or 65 or 70 or 50 or whenever the fucking tumor shows up, whenever the lump shows up, whenever he winds up getting sick, he's going to feel sorry for himself and he's going to boo-hoo and he's going to act like everything is fucking not his fault and he's going to be like, oh, I cannot believe that the cancer has come for me. Uh, whatever. Sacre bleu. <laughs> Merde. I cannot believe the cancer has arrived. You fucking held the door open for it for fucking 30 years, you dickbag. Of course it's going to come in there. Like that big fucking fake Herman Munster looking dude in Lost Boys. You can't invite him in. He's going to fuck you up. So sure enough, man, I thought, well, you're doing the same fucking thing and you're 50. This guy's 25. You've had 25 more years of knowledge and you're doing the same fucking thing, but with chocolate instead of cigarettes, you fucking idiot. So why are you doing this to yourself? Because again, in 10 years or five years or five minutes or fucking 25 years, when the tumor shows up, am I going to boohoo it? Am I going to, when the diabetes shows up and I have to take my toes, when I lose all my toes, folks, am I going to be like, oh man, I never saw this coming. No, I saw it coming a fucking mile away. It had fucking Klieg lights on it and a goddamn air horn. And I knew it. And I still willfully walked into it. There's a spinning propeller in front of me and I keep sticking my fucking face into it because it tastes good because I'm a fucking wreck. Stop. Epiphany, man. I had it with Frenchie and I had it with myself. And I, I drove his sorry fucking soon to be cancer ridden, beautiful ass to the airport, watching himself, look at himself on Instagram. Cause obviously he was in town for a modeling gig because he and the fucking hot Asian in the back are in like, you know, bikinis and half shirts and shit. And he's, and he's trying to write like captions. Oh, so dude, what a box of fucking rocks. This city was what a box of cancer filled French rocks. This dude was because he's just like, uh, how, how is to say the caption? And the girls are like, they're wearing earbuds. They pull them out. They're like, what? He goes, help me. How is to say the caption? They're like, what do you, but like, what? He goes, like, we, we did not make, uh, we did not made history. We, uh, we made history better. Or, and they're like, what are you talking? And he's like, I'm posting the pictures, the, the photos of it. And then he, they're like, we didn't make history. We made history better. He's like, make. All right, we do, we know make history, we make history better. They go, no, you made history better on this trip. You make and made. And, and they're having, this fucking idiocracy, dumb, everything you could imagine two models having an argument about. You know what I mean? Like, what's this? Oh my God, a round fork? No, honey, that's a spoon. No, it's like, I think it's a round fork. No, I'm telling you, it's a spoon. Oh my God, like, what do you eat with this thing? I can't eat ice cream with it because it just keeps falling to the slats. Honey, that's a fork. No, that's a sharp spoon. Oh my God. Drive yourself into a model chasm and land on all the broken bodies of the beautiful people who also made the leap. Jesus fucking Christ. Sharp spoon, round fork. Fuck you. Put down the cigarettes or better yet, smoke them three at a fucking time because nobody needs to hear from you anymore, you fuck. So, sure enough, I had the epiphany where I was like, man, go lift, go run, go do the things you like to do because you're not fucking saving it for anybody else. Go be fucking great. So I'm back. 
I saw on Monday. I told Shannon, I go, I got a schedule. May first, you know me, I like arbitrary deadlines. So, uh, so if I can get things done, I'm going to have checklists. I'm going to make. She goes, What would help you accomplish that? I go, I need discipline. She goes, What would help you accomplish that? I go, I need lists. I need to actually think of what I'm doing and where I'm going. I need to make a list of the fucking stuff that I'm going to do. So, uh, so I make lists. So, and, and also this week, like I'm chasing bonuses. I drove four hours yesterday. I drove four hours today. I'll drive four hours tomorrow. I need a schedule. I need discipline because if I just wake up and go, you know what? I'll get to that. Or you know what? I'll make that happen. And I will tell you this over the fucking weekend, I, I had no discipline whatsoever because that was, but that was before I decided I needed it. I, I had this epiphany Sunday night. So please don't yell at me. But, uh, like I Friday, Saturday, I told you I drive hardcore Friday, Saturday. So then I might have to drive a little bit on Sunday. Well, I drove hardcore on Friday, but I didn't go out until 10 o'clock PM. So I drove until 9 AM the next morning. Or I should say I got home at nine. I drove till eight. And then, uh, you know, I got home and then I'm, fr- I'm wired. So I can't get to bed till like 11 o'clock. So Saturday I get to bed at 11 and then I get, to, I get up at six and then, uh, I, you know, I, I watched fights cause I wanted to see Fedor fight Frank Mir. And then I got a shower and then I went back out at 10 and I drove again at 10 o'clock and I got home on fucking Sunday at nine o'clock and I fucking hung out a little bit. And then I was like, well, you, you know, I was still 17 rides short because, uh, Monday I killed it or fr- sorry, Friday I, I had 21 rides, but some long ones. And then fucking Saturday I had 18. So I still needed, or no, 17. So I still needed fucking 17 rides. You needed 55 for the weekend. So let me do the math on this. 21, 38. Yeah, I needed 17 on Sunday. Um, so I, I, but I had to get out earlier because Sunday night you can't drive super late because there's not enough people. So I didn't get out the door until like 5.15 and I didn't finish until 2. I, I got my last ride at 2 because you got to be done by 4 in the fucking morning. Uh, but at that point, I'd only had four hours of sleep that day. So I was like, all right, well, fuck. So then uh, I, I went out. No, fuck no. I had like seven hours, six hours of sleep. I had six hours. Fuck, you don't care. Nobody cares. Yeah, you do. Everybody cares. But uh, I had four hours of sleep on Monday because I had to be in the gym with John at 9 a.m. So the point is I drove till 2. I didn't get to sleep until 4 because I was wired. And then at 4.15, I fell asleep and I got up to go to the gym and meet John at 9. But I did it. I fucking did it. I made sure I, I, so I went Monday, I went to the gym with John and I lifted. Uh, I did not do any cardio, but that's okay. Cause I had to see Shannon at noon. I went to talk to Shannon. I had to, I said, look, and I gave her my poison epiphany. Uh, I told her about sharp spoons and round forks. Talk about that for four hours. No, we didn't. Um, uh, she, oh, by the way, I didn't see Shannon last week cause she had to take time off. And then I was talking to her today and in the middle of it, I go, Hey, did you get married? And she goes, yeah. And I go, oh my God, congratulations. Because she had a new ring on. And, uh, and she gave me that weird look like, why would you notice that? But I mean, fuck, I notice that shit all the time. Um, so, but Shannon and I talked, we had a great talk and then I left Monday. And, uh, like I said, I, I, so I, I wound up writing some copy for a thing that I had to do that I will tell you about later in the show. Uh, is there going to be a, yeah, I guess so. And then, uh, and then I went out and drove and then I came home last night and, uh, I was like, all right, well, I gotta be bed by two up by 10 bed. By, that's one of my schedule things. Bed by two up by 10 bed by two up by 10, except I fell asleep on the couch last night for about an hour and a half, two hours. And when I woke up, I wasn't tired. So then I didn't go to bed until four. And then I was like, well, all right, get up at 10, 10, 10 30. I'd still six, six and a half hours of sleep. Uh, I hit snooze and then I turned the alarm off and I woke up today at one 30. Hi, how you doing? So, uh, so I, I, in the, the good news is I want up, you know, so I got fucking 10 hours of sleep. So I'm all back and back for the attack. Not unlike docking. And, uh, but still, I, I didn't want to do that because I wanted to do the show earlier and I had other things I wanted to do today. And I had a list a list again, but Coming out of it, I'm making it happen. So I went and then I went and drove. I could have said, well, you know what? Because you slept late, you got to stay in and do your bullshit. I went and drove, made some money today. Then I came back. We're doing the show. See this epiphany. It did red registered for a day. How great is that? But it's going to fucking register. It's going to stick there and I'm back. I'll be on the fucking attaboy page. I'll be doing everything there. I'll be lurking. I'll be doing everything I can to, to fucking encourage you guys and get encouragement back and forth because that's, that's it. That's, I want to do that. That's how I fucking want to make it happen. Um, 
So there you go. So I, I, I guess I, that's all I wanted to tell you. That's, <laughs> that's all I wanted to tell you. What the fuck was I? I had something. Oh, fuck. Yeah, fuck. We're not done. We can't be done. Um, are you ready to see your heroes die, folks? I asked that earlier. Now, I know some of you are thinking that's a spoiler for a, a movie, uh, but it's not. It's truly not. I wouldn't do that. I will tell you this. I did see Avengers. I went and saw Infinity War. Um, I'm not going to tell you anything about it, so don't worry. I'm not even going to tell you. But, uh, well, I will tell you. All right, here's the thing. I won't spoil shit. I promise. I will not. And I won't even betray it with like, oh, my God, you won't believe. None of that fucking bullshit is going to happen. I will just tell you this. I went and saw Avengers Infinity War. If you haven't seen it, I think you should see it. That's all I'll say. Uh, but I went and I went at two 30 in the morning when it opened, it opened on Thursday night. Like, so Thursday night it was fucking yeah. Two 30 AM. But uh, I'm cause I was not, here's the thing. Uh, I wasn't going to trust people to spoil it. I fucking take in far too much media on Facebook and social media and, and Twitter and all that bullshit. I wasn't about to have somebody stumble in and go, Oh, you're not going to believe this. Shut the fuck up, man. Could not be less interested. Cause I, I think I already mentioned last week, there were other people who were like, Oh dude, I can't and, uh, d- shut up. I don't, I don't want to hear a fucking thing. But, uh, so I went, I went on, I, and I will tell you, here's how cool it is. I went at two 30 in the morning. Cause normally look, man, I want to see these movies with a full ass crowd. I want to see with a bunch of people who are fucking excited and thrilled. And they want to see Thanos and Iron Man and all these other fucking dudes do whatever they're going to do. But at the same time, uh, I wanted to make sure I was going to get a ticket. And I also, I might be driving. So I'm like, well, fuck, I'll, I'll, but it was open at two 30 and I like going to late movies. It's really fun. Uh, so I said, oh, I'll buy a two 30 in the morning ticket. We'll see what the fuck happens. So I get there. Oh, was that where I was going to go? Yeah. So I go and there's like 150 people in the theater, which is the greatest. Uh, I was so happy because it meant I get the best of both worlds. I got the seat I wanted. Plus I'm in the room with a bunch of fucking crazy comic book idiots. Now I'm still in the arc light in the giant fucking theater. So it's only like, like a fourth full, a fourth, maybe a third. Um, but still it was worth it to have those people in there and everybody going crazy and seeing, uh, you know, things that we saw. And again, like I said, I'm not spoiling a fucking thing, but if you're going to see it, you should probably see it. But I will tell you this. I arrived. And I walked directly into the theater, grabbed my seat. I saw four trailers. Let's talk about the trailers really quick. Uh, I saw the trailer for Solo. Now, look, I don't... I'm glad you enjoy Star Wars. I also enjoy Star Wars, but I also enjoy it. And then I can walk away and go, I don't never, I don't need to think about that ever again. I, I Nobody... Not once. I Truthfully, not once did I ever in my life go... Man, I wonder what Han Solo was like as a teenager. Like, I just, I just don't fucking... I'm sure... Guess what? I'm sure he was a raconteur and a smartass. And nobody went, hmm, I wonder when Han met Chewie. This isn't when fucking, you know, I'm sure, you know what, by the way, I don't know if you know about this one, Han met Chewie. They met at the top of the Empire State Building. They had made a date for one another and they went there. Or is that, that's uh, you got mail. Fuck. Um, same type of deal. No, they drove cross country together. And initially Han hated Chewie when they drove cross country together. Oh my God. He chewed with his mouth open. He was such a dick. But sure enough, they wound up hitting it off. That's how it worked out when Han met Chewie. Uh, I never thought to myself, man, I can't wait to see fucking Han Solo as a kid. I, it just didn't occur to me. But then I watched the trailer and I watched the first trailer that came out. And I, even then I went, Jesus Christ, no, thanks. I'm out. I'll pass. Now, will I probably see it? Yes. But at the same time in the moment, I just went, nah, this is not a thing. I'm going to run to the, fu- this is not, let's put it this way. This isn't something I'm going to see at two 30 in the fucking morning. Okay. That's, that explains it. But, uh, but then I saw the new trailer. And they, they got me. Fuck, they got me. Not like where I'm like, yeah, fucking Solo. Yeah, Chewy. But it's a little jokey for me, too. It's like, I don't know. The, why, why does everybody try to be jokey? Your fucking Han Solo movie. It, I In Star Wars, yeah, he was kind of the comic relief. He had a couple of lines, don't get cocky and all that bullshit. But now, 
Now he's going to have a quip for everything. Like there's this, the scene in the trailer where he's like, Chewie, I want to drive or what are the fuck? And you're 137 years old. You look great. I dude, no man. I don't need, I don't need quips from star Wars. I need pew, 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 pew. That's all I need. Unless you want to let Donald Glover say every funny thing in the fucking script. Cause he has the best line in the whole trailer. when he's like, everything you've heard about me is true. Anybody delivers it much better than I just did. Not only did I stumble over the middle of it, but I didn't pause. He fucking crushes the delivery on that line. Uh, but I don't give a fuck about solo, but the trailer fine. I, it looked good. And I'll see it this summer because that's what I do in the summer is I go to movies and I really enjoy it. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll wander into a theater when solo's playing and I'll suck up two hours of air conditioning. Why not? But I'm not going to be there open fucking night. There are people who are going to show up. I guarantee it in like a brown vest and someone's going to put a mop on his head and claim that he's chewy. It's going to be fucking terrible. Oh, man. I, that's another thing, too. I, Man, nerds, what are you doing? We, you know, we need to cull the nerd herd here a little bit because they're starting to assert themselves with this weird pop culture footprint in a way where they've got everything. And then and then they get mad. First of all, they get mad at people for like... It's like when people used to be mad because people liked their favorite bands. Like when people love Metallica, they're like, yeah, fucking Metallica, fucking black suits and their fucking shirts. And look at that fucking, uh, yeah, fucking ride the lightning. Woo. And then uh, Metallica puts out the album and, and they have a huge hit. And everybody goes, fuck Metallica, man. These fucking guys sold out. Why do they sell out? Because they're not still playing to you, sweating your balls off in the Aragon ballroom. We're in this to make money, motherfuckers. That's like still Lars gets shit for Napster. But like, hey, man, I, you know, honestly, as an artist and a creative person, I look, I get it. I get it. We're all, we all have a moleskin. All right. We all got a sketch pad. We're all writing fucking notes to ourselves and poems and sonnets and writing pictures and going, I do it for the love of it, man. I do it for the art. Well, I got news for you. Metallica does it for the commerce as well. We all do it for the fucking commerce as well. I do it for the fucking commerce as well. I do love telling you about fucking sharp spoons and round forks. However, at the same time, be nice to get a fucking greenback for it. That's how I like to handle my business. Otherwise, I got to drive fucking plieing nonsense to the goddamn airport on Sunday afternoon with two hot Asians. Now, look, I'll drive hot Asians anywhere they want to go. I'll fuck them like a foal with knobby knees. But at the same time, I can't be fucking doing that for the rest of my goddamn life. I had to go online today. I saw, dude, I was in a mixed martial arts forum and I saw the argument about tipping or not tipping. Like, like someone saying, yeah, no, you, I don't tip, man. And everybody's like, what do you mean you don't fucking tip? There are jobs where tipping is baked in where it's part of the fucking wage. The guy's like, well, then they should get a better job. That argument has been around for fucking ever. It's like I said last week with the people who, the white people who demand to say the N word. And they're like, ah, man, you know, the thing is, it's like racism is like a a construct. Fuck you, man. Again, for 80 years, I've heard just white people who want to say the N word or fucking people who want to justify their bullshit behavior. I don't tip, man. I just, I don't tip. All of them are Mr. Pink. Mr. Pink gives that speech and you know he's a fucking asshole right away. I don't tip. I don't believe in it. Nah, fuck no. I I don't, I don't tip at a job where it's deemed tip worthy and go tip the guy at McDonald's. What the fuck? Yeah, so what? You know what? You can tip the guy at McDonald's if you want. Hand him a couple of fucking dollars. Give a little bingo for the effort. Whatever you want to do, Pink, that fucking makes it better for you. Go tip everybody. I hate when people like get that exclusionary bullshit. Like this guy's like, he was saying you shouldn't tip valets who park your car. He's just like, yeah, you know, they shouldn't make as much as servers. Like, you know, the thing is with a server, uh, you know, I understand they're doing a service. They're bringing me food and stuff like that. But I mean, what the fuck am I tipping a fucking valet guy for? I get two words for you. No, I don't. I have more than two words for you. <laughs> I have I have two I think ideas for you. One, that motherfucker's running to and from the garage, like sprinting. They run back and forth. They go park your fucking car, but then they ride back. It's not like they or they run back. They don't ride back. They don't have to fucking they don't get to fucking put their thumb out and get a goddamn vehicle that takes them. Fuck. Although, you know, that gives me an idea. Hold on. I got a business idea. What if I opened up a rickshaw company to bring valet guys back from parking the car all the way back to the establishment? 
See, that works great. Unfortunately, though, they got to tip me. So that's, see, this is another reason you got to tip these valet guys. Because I'm going to start this fucking rickshaw business. They got to tip me after you get tipped by you. Fuck you for not tipping them. Who doesn't tip them? And also, another thing, I said I had two things. Here's the second one. Why should I do that? Because you said servers do actual work? Dude, you're handing this guy the fucking keys to your car. Your car. Have him, give him two bucks to make sure he doesn't do a bad thing. Give him five bucks to make sure he doesn't fuck with the radio presets. Seriously, give him, give him eight bucks to make sure he doesn't go through your fucking glove compartment or rifle through looking for anything or eat all your Tic Tacs or put his ball sack in your gear shift, whatever the fuck he plans on doing. Give him the money. If you don't tip these guys, that's the thing. Everybody's like, oh man, a server will spit in your food. A valet dude is in your car and he's alone in your car for a long fucking time. And you know what? You're eating dinner for two hours. He could go out and just fucking sit in your car. He could jerk off if he wanted to. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you this right now. If you don't tip a valet guy, they all jerk off in your car, all of them, every single one of them, not just one. They all, they, they, when they go and park another car, they jump out, they run off a batch in your car and then they fucking run back. That's how it works. They, that's how they kind of run it and they hop in my rickshaw and I take them back. That's it. I fucking, they drive out, they park your car, they get into another person's car and they jerk off because that person didn't tip and they hop into my rickshaw and I fucking bring them right back because they're too spent. They're knobby knee, just like a foal when they got to fucking jerk off after they jerk off, I should say. Although I don't think that's true. That's a myth, right? The thing where you're not supposed to jerk off before a fight. Uh, I wouldn't know. I've never had the time. I've never had a fight time to that. You know what? I, I should have fought Bagwell and jerked off beforehand just to fucking uh, check this out and see if it worked as a possibility. So tip these fucking guys. People with the fucking argument. Oh, yeah, I don't tip. I don't believe in it. Fuck you. You don't believe in it. You know, you're just you're you're just saying I'm a dick. That's all you're saying out loud. Tipping is fine. And there's nothing wrong with helping people out, giving them a little something for the effort. I tip on takeout. And I know you're probably like, that's weird. And I got to admit, even when I do it, I go, this is kind of weird. But so fucking what? They still put the fucking utensils in the bag. They fucking did something. They stepped up to the fucking plate. That's their job. Hook them up. $2, $3, 5 whatever the fuck. Spare it. You're already out buying fucking half a goddamn trout and, and a meatloaf. Then fucking give these people a couple of bucks for carrying it from fucking counter to you. Uh, I'm saying fucking a lot. And this is funny. I will tell you, this is totally true. I talked to my mom today on the phone. And uh, I hadn't talked to her in like two weeks, which is a drag because I usually call her every Monday. But time ran away from me. What the fuck? So we're talking and she's like, she did that thing where she's like, oh man, no, I know. Don't worry about it. I never worry about it. She goes, I'm worried about you. I'm not worried about hearing from you. I just want to make sure you're okay and you're still alive. I'm like, well, nothing bad's going to happen to me ever. You're 78 with like brittle bones. Like she told me today, she's like, I fell down. I'm like, oh man, that's not, you know. I, I'm 50 and I fall down and it's a fucking tragedy. I fell down at the fucking ballpark in Arizona. I didn't even tell that story. I'm walking with Justin and I had something in my hand so I couldn't just like sprawl out, but I fucking tripped and then landed on a knee and then landed a hip first on a goddamn chair. And uh, in the old days, you just fucking shake that stuff off. You're like, ooh, that's going to leave a mark. But now, man, I got to admit, I felt it for a week. I felt it for a fucking week deep in my skin, like deep in my fucking hip, like right where the where the the socket is. I just was like, oh, man, this is bad. I'm old. I'm so old. Getting back to the gym with John. You know, I, I went yesterday and I was like, I'm, I'm, my arms still are vibrating. They're still full of fucking wasps, but that's, I mean, that's good. It's a good feeling. It's what I like to do. And also when I start fucking lifting more, I won't have that feeling, but it's this, uh, it's this oldness. It's this age. So my mom, she fell down, she bruised her ribs and then she broke her foot. And this is the way she described it. She was like, ah, you're not going to fucking believe this. You know, I was in bed and I, I swung my legs out and you know, my left foot was stored, was straight. And my right foot though was kind of like backwards pointing toward me. And I stood up on it and I, I felt it right away. And then I still tried to walk on it all day. Cause I'm a fucking idiot. And I'm like, ma, come on, what happened? She goes, well, you know, I waited a couple of days and then all my toes turned blue. And I'm like, mom, that's, I mean, look, it's good enough. I'm glad you have all your toes at 78. Really? Who knows what happens in the course of a life? But, uh, don't do this stuff. Go to the doctor. So she did. She went to the doctor and the doctor's like, you broke your foot. 
And uh, so she's in a walking boot up to her, up, up past her knee, which I, that seems like a little extreme for just a foot, right? A walking boot up past your fucking knee? That might, just might be his way of saying, hey, don't fucking do anything. So you fall down and hurt another bone. You already bruised your fucking rims. You broke your fucking foot. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm swearing. So then we're talking. And this is out of, out of the blue. She hasn't said this to me in fucking years, dudes. We're talking. And she goes, well, how are you doing? I said, well, I'm just doing shows, Mom. I'm trying to get some live stuff put together for the summer. I'm going to Cincinnati. I'm going to another city. I'm going to announce this week. Oh, look at that. Look at me slipping that in as a cliffhanger. Um, and she said, oh, okay, well, you know, you swear so much in that damn show. And I said, what? Because, I mean, again, she hasn't said this in years. She goes, well, I just worry about you. You know, if you, if you ever want to get anywhere, you probably got to stop with all the swearing. You're filthy. I said, Mom, I'm not filthy. I'm not talking about filthy subject matter. Thank God, sometimes I am, but I hope she didn't hear that. But I go, I'm not, I'm not filthy. I said, I swear a lot. It's kind of a shorthand thing. And she goes, Yeah, I know. I listen to it. And it's just, oh my God, you're, you swear so much, son. I just, you know, I just want to see you succeed. And I go, Mom, I'm 50 years old. I go, I, I've done this forever. She goes, Yeah, well, that might tell you something. And I'm like, Thanks, Ma. Well, good. I'm glad you brought that up. She's like, No, I, you know what I mean. It's just you probably got to watch that kind of thing if you want to. I don't think anybody's going to be booking, booking you for shows or putting you on TV or anything if you do that kind of thing. And uh. And you know what? I can't argue with a woman with busted ribs and a broken foot. I can't do that. i just like, yeah, you're right, probably. Ma, I'm never going to get anywhere. <laughs> what do you say to that point? Uh, I'm already, you know, I'm 50. I've disappointed you enough, Mom. I, I'm racing against time to get back on television so you can see me one more time before you die. Um, but again, I, with all the swearing, perhaps it won't happen. And why am I saying it like she's listening? She's not listening. Now she doesn't listen to this fucking show. I'm filthy. All right. So that didn't strike a nerve or anything, did it, folks? All right. So I, it, was just, it was just a thing. Again, it's, it's a fucking thing I haven't heard in forever from her like I, I i and it wasn't it's not that big a deal but it is a big deal you know what i mean because again like i said this is the only fucking thing i have and whatever the fuck and, and i just said fuck again nine million times whatever the fuck maybe i'm proving her point yes of course i am all right so <laughs> so the point is folks i will never uh wind up on television uh my mom has told me so and uh fucking you fuck you know that that's worse than swearing uh and she doesn't lie you know that my mom doesn't lie so she's she's guarantees that i won't be on fucking television so good i'm excited about that plan all right so here's the thing tip people who fucking park your goddamn car tip valets tip people period stop fucking arguing about that how the fuck did i spin off into this i don't know we were talking about uh movies fuck <laughs> uh we were talking about han solo we were talking about valets how do we we talk about the dudes that wouldn't tip a forum that I read online and just people argue. I don't fucking know, dudes. Nobody cares. I watched four trailers at the movie theater. That's all I'll tell you about. I went and saw. I saw four. I saw Solo, and I don't care about Star Wars. It's not my thing. Uh, but good for it. Uh, you know, the trailer looked good. I'll see it, but not late or not first day, I should say. Um, I saw the Mission Impossible trailer with uh, with a think a Tom Cruise impersonator wearing the most lifelike Tom Cruise mask I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> I, I know it's Tom Cruise, but he just. He's aging in a strange way. Like, he still looks like Tom Cruise. You know what he looks like? He looks like a CGI video game version of Tom Cruise. You know how in video games they kind of get it right? Like, people look human, but yet you can also tell because they walk kind of in a in a chunky way or they're a little blocky, like their pixels are kind of funky. Like, they can never get hands right or they can never get, like, uh, actual motion correct. It's always... It's more of a swagger. If you're running, you still look like you're you're loping, like a like a rabbit. You know what I mean? You ever see a rabbit hop through the grass? Whenever you see one of those war games, watch those dudes and they run. It goes <laughs> as they run through the grass, but they're like loping, like doom, 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 doom. it's so fucking stupid looking because it's a hard thing to duplicate, even with the fucking body suits and shit like that. Uh, so Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, he just he looks like. Uh, when they did Henry Cavill, they fucking blew his mustache out for Justice League and he made his face all look wonky. Cruise doesn't look that wonky. 
but he just looks different. Like it's again, I again, I can't say it any better than I already said it. He looks like a video game Tom Cruise, where uh, his his head is a little bit fleshier and it moves a little weirder. But I don't give a fuck because I will be at Mission Impossible the first goddamn night. I don't even. Know, I'll tell you this. I don't even know what Mission Impossibles I've seen. I remember the one with Philip Seymour Hoffman. I remember the one. Uh, actually, I should tell you this. I remember the one where uh, the whole government turned on them and the team had to go underground. Do you remember that one? <laughs> I got a feeling that's fucking all of them. God damn it. Including the one that we're about to watch. Because again, uh, Alec Baldwin was like, hey, he saved his team. And the woman's like, yeah, he should have died. And uh, for the fucking good of the planet. And then there's Russians and a helicopter and fucking Tom Cruise and a motorcycle accident. And it just, it, again, it's all slam whiz bang. But I'm in. I don't give a fuck. I watch video game Tom Cruise fucking try to pilot a helicopter and spin off into the goddamn ocean. I'm on board. We talked about him before, for fuck's sake. Sitting on top of the tallest building in Dubai, shoes off, eating a sandwich. Goddamn, I love Tom Cruise. He's playing with house money. That's why he's able to dive into a propeller 15 times in a fucking movie, because he doesn't care. What the fuck's going to happen to him? He's going to die? So what? He's he's done everything four times already. Uh, all right. So uh, Mission Impossible looked good. Uh, Jurassic World. Is that what it is? The Jurassic movie? I don't know. Another dinosaur movie. It's literally it's Chris Pratt, Jeff Goldblum, and rawr. That's that's the, my whole fucking review of that goddamn movie. I'll go. Of course I'll go. Because those movies are, those movies are fun in a theater. But it's just Chris Pratt and, uh, and, and Bryce Dallas Howard. And again, I think the kids are back even. And then there's Goldblum, and then and like a oh look a T Rex fighting a mini T Rex, and then two more T Rexes show up, and then a Brontosaurus, and oh look at the cute Stegosaurus. There's always like cute dinosaurs, and then the vicious ones show up, like Velociraptors and whoever the fuck. And then they crossbreed them with like a fucking army tank. Literally, it's like we've crossbred a Velociraptor with a Panzer. So this Velociraptor has all of its teeth, and it comes to you on like on fucking rotors, like those those weird belt tires. I can't even remember. what are those grinders? What the fuck are those called? I'm not a war guy. Um, you would think I would. Be. I'm watching Forged in Fire, but they're not making tanks. They're stripping metal off stuff. I watched the one with a suit of armor the other day. They had to use the fucking metal from the suit of armor, which I guess isn't good metal for a fucking knife, which I'll tell you what, if you're wearing a suit of armor and you're fighting a guy with a knife, you're fucked because it looked like the knife would go right through the goddamn suit of armor. I got to forge a blade. I'm going to fight. I'm going to forge a blade that goes right through your suit of armor. I'm going to forge a suit of armor that defends your blade. I'm going to forge in everything for fuck's sake. I'm going to hide in the hills and make myself an entire arsenal of weaponry. Uh, something that you can definitely not have a Velociraptor drive its Panzer tires over. Are those just truck tires or tank tires? Treads, treads, treads. That's a fucking word. God damn it. Conveyor belts or whatever I said. Crushers. Oh, stupid. Uh, the tank treads. So that's what it is. Velociraptor's just got like a Velociraptor head and then he rolls on tank treads and he comes after you because that's how they crossbreed it because there has to be a crossbreeding in every movie because this is now the ninth movie with dinosaurs in it, I think. And uh, and science still hasn't learned its lesson. I mean, like a couple of scientists certainly have learned their lesson. They're like, well, you know, this is probably isn't the best thing to do in the world. But then there are other scientists like, we must breed a weapon. And then, of course, that weapon turns on them. And then it turns out to be everybody in Japan or some fucking coastal island is fucking furious and sad. Uh, and, and I've been to Japan. Enough tormenting these people. Quit crossbreeding these animals because these people are just polite people who don't litter and they want to just ride their bullet train in peace. But then sure enough, you cross a fucking pterodactyl with a fucking wind chime, so then it's death from on high with a horrible s- sound, and then they fucking have to run for cover. Every time they hear clink, 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 and that's really bad for those people because they love their chimes. So you're fucking with them on a fucking real base level there because you know what? I think they invented wind chimes in goddamn Japan. The Ronin, the Shogun, uh, <laughs> all of those people, they invented fucking wind chimes. So when those wind chimes clang, everybody's like, oh, is that a Ron or a Shogun? No, it's fucking pterodactyl. They crossbred with a goddamn decoration to come in and fuck you up. Oh, man, I hate it. And then they crossbreed like a pterodactyl with a sparrow so they're small. Then they can come in your goddamn house like a fucking weird bat. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not excited for Jurassic World. I'll see it, of course, because it's the summer, as I've mentioned. 
I will be in attendance and I will check out those movies. But, but I, I just, it didn't, the last one was fun. I had a good time at it. I went with Jill and it was really a good time. This time around, I'll go, I'll, I'll go alone and be sad and grouchy. This is why I don't like this movie. Um, and then I saw the Deadpool trailer. Now, uh, I did not watch it when it was online. Because again, like I said, I watched the first trailer of these things. Uh, and that's something that I, I wanted to tell you about Infinity War, but I can't. So it's again, it's a spoiler thing. I can't tell you, but I don't, I don't want to know anything about the movie. So that's with Deadpool. I didn't want to know anything about the second movie. I watched the first trailer because that's what I do. I'll watch the first trailer. I'll get excited. I did it with Spider-Man. I watched the first trailer. But then, because here's the thing, they come out with like 14 iterations of the trailer. And by that time, you've seen 38 minutes of the movie. Now, I understand the movie's two hours and 11 minutes. But still, that leaves me fucking like uh, eight, 107 minutes that I... Did I say that right? Maybe? Am I close in the neighborhood? I don't think so. Um, of movie that I... I try to do the math on the fly in my head. I, of movie that I haven't seen. But then I've seen 38 goddamn minutes and I'm fucking furious about it. I don't want to know what's going to happen. But, you know, you're trapped in a theater and they show the Deadpool trailer. What am I going to do? Fucking look away and cover my ears? No, I'm going to fucking watch it it's amazing and uh and it well, it looks funny and it looks great and it looked really I, you know i just i don't want to be that guy jerking off over it but boy did it look really fucking good because the first one was so goddamn funny and just and and this movie looks really good but i will tell i will tell you this they have the punchline in the trailer he's uh he's at a clubhouse and he's he's auditioning people for x-force and you've seen it and there at the end Jlubby rob delaney comes in now look I, do i love rob delaney I don't, I've never met the man. I don't know anything about Rob Delaney. Everything I've heard about him is that he's a wonderful man and a very nice guy. But is he on my top 10 list of people that I want to see in a, in a movie, in a superhero classic? Probably not. Is he on my top 100 list of people that I want to see in a superhero classic? Probably not. But it doesn't fucking matter because in that scene, he walks in and he's like, yeah, I, didn't see, I just saw the ad. And immediately Deadpool just goes, you're in. And then, the, and then the reveal shot of him diving out of the plane with his face in the wind. Come on, dude. I, I fucking blurt laughed in the theater like an idiot. And the thing is, everybody else in the theater has seen that moment. I haven't. So for me, it's completely new. So I blurt laugh and then people laugh at me because of my stupid laugh because it was just it just caught me. It caught me perfect again, just because he's just like, nope, I just saw the ad. You're in. And then they cut right away to it, which is always the best way. Got to go with the reveal. Uh, I dug it and I can't wait for Deadpool. God damn, that's in two weeks. Look at us. We're already in May. What's today? May 1st. I think today's May 1st. Uh, God damn, May. Uh, sooner it'll be June. You know, I got news for you. When you get old, and again, I'm 50, it just goes, man. I mean, it just fucking flies. It's I, I really, seriously, my 50th birthday was yesterday, and now I'm going to be 51 in two months. It's like, Jesus, fuck. Now it's it's just all downhill. It's all a giant fucking snowball, and I'm just rolling in it, man. It's just fucking feet and hands sticking out of it. God damn, I'm ready to die. I'm not ready to die. I'm just getting, I don't want to die. It's just going to happen. Nothing I can do about it. I can't fucking make it stop. Um, so I saw the trailers and then I watched the movie. And uh, you know, again, like I said, uh, I don't want to spoil anything about Infinity War, but I will tell you this. I saw it. And I also think you should see it. That's all I'll say. But I will tell you this. There's a, I, I, I'll tell you this. This is not spoiling anything. Uh, you know, there's a scene after the credits. Or in the credits or whatever. How you would, like an Easter egg scene, I guess they call them with the Marvel credits. A credit scene, an after credit scene. I don't know what the fuck they call it. But it, it kind of gets you to a different place. And I must tell you that I did not, when I saw this scene, I had to ask somebody what it meant. Because I'm 50 years old and I don't read comic books and I don't know plot and I don't know all, everything that there is to know about the MCU. Uh, so I lean forward and I, the three dudes who had totally enjoyed the movie turn around and they, uh, but I will tell you this. 
I one thing to say for comedy film comedy book oh, comic fucking shut up comedy movie or no fuck no movie film movie nerds comic book god I can't even talk comic book nerd movie goers they are so excited to tell you what you missed they can't I, they if you miss something just hold your tongue and eventually ask one of them and just go excuse me uh you man dressed like the watcher I have a question for you. <laughs> Excuse me, man dressed like Annihilus from the the new uh, the negative zone. Uh, you have these questions, and you and you'll say, "Well, what did this mean, or what did that mean, or whatever?" But there was one thing that I was glaring to me that I did not understand, and so I said to the guy, "What was that?" And then he explains it to me, and I go, "Oh, great." Uh, and then I had to ask him two more questions, and and uh, because uh, and I again these are things I can't say to you because it would spoil. In a couple of weeks, when everybody write me or I'll p or PM me or whatever the fuck kids say today at me. And I'll write you exactly the thing that kind of left me in a lurch that I didn't understand. And uh, and one of the things that I uh, that cloud that made the movie a a different experience for me. Again, I can't say too much. I don't want to give shit away. Uh, but go see it, man. Go see the fucking movie. Oh, I will say this uh, at the end of the movie. A guy um, at the end of the credits and stuff. One nerd stood up and he tried to he tried to be cute and say something. And uh, and uh, he was almost nerd beaten to death. Like he was nerd booed by everybody. They were just and and they just let him have it. They were they weren't about to let him get away with his nonsense. And I'm good for them. I'm glad. I'm glad they let him have it because he was uh, what he did was wrong. All right, I'll tell you later. Um, at me, PM me, do something like that. But it's Tuesday, folks. It's Tuesday. Ah, I got. I saw Avengers. I got to stretch and take a breath here because my fucking arms are killing me because they're fucking huge and swollen and bursting out of their skin and happy and peppy and bursting with love. Uh, folks, you ready for watching your, ready to watch your heroes die? Is that, that was a question I asked you earlier, right? Are you excited to see your heroes die? Now that could mean different things to different people. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people out there who had Kanye West as a hero. There are a lot of people out there who said, well, Kanye is a guy that we respect. Kanye is a guy that we follow. Kanye, Kanye is a guy who really made something of himself, came from, uh, I mean, he was making the same beat for three summers. Unbelievable, three summers. Uh, and then he made something of himself, and then he became one of the biggest stars in the world. And then he, his mom died, and he went off the fucking deep end, and he married Kim Kardashian, and then he just became a fucking 5150 banana head. I don't know what the fuck happened to him. Uh, I don't pretend. He went away for a while. They think he went to the hospital, then he got out of the hospital. And, every, and again, this generation will give you a lot of rope if you fuck up. You know what? Bullshit. Every generation gives their heroes a lot of rope if they fuck up. Woody Allen is still making fucking movies. Uh, you know, whenever I see anybody think, oh, they got to end this guy's career. They got to take this guy out. It's like, dude, Woody Allen is still making fucking movies. This guy, he, he banged his fucking, he, he molested one daughter and married the other. That's, that's, that's impressive. I'm not going to lie to you. It's an impressive thing. It's an impressive feat that he get, that he got away with it, that he attempted it. It's even a weird attempt. If you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, all right, look, I can molest the one kid. And uh, and that's probably, that's dangerous. That's walking the line. But to rebound from the molestation of the one daughter and then marry the other one. And, and like, as if, you know why? Because he just thought to himself, I can't possibly smash this family into as enough pieces for me. My brain will not allow me to crush this entire fucking relationship into small enough pieces. But I'm going to fucking try. I can't wait. I'm going to get out my fucking psychological mallet and do as much fucking damage as I can to all of these kids, my wife, and everybody else, man. Anybody in my proximity is going to get hit with fucking family shrapnel. It's going to be brutal. He thought to himself, you know what? I could probably smash the glass of this family into pebble glass that you get like when a windshield shatters. However, 
I want to smash it into small pieces that only can be viewed under a microscope. That's how much damage I would like to do to the family fabric and make sure nobody else fucking knows what's up. That's that's ballsy. And he fucking made it. He survived it. Mel Gibson survived it. These motherfuckers, again, like whenever you hear like whenever I hear stuff about Trump and they're like, oh yeah, they're gonna get Trump now. This is the thing that's gonna get him, it's gonna take him down. This sucking Stormy Daniels thing. It's not. It's fucking not. Everybody forgives. These fucking guys get away with it. You got money. You got enough money. You fucking hide for a couple of weeks or whatever the fuck. You have other people do your dirty work and then you're fine. So we got to eat these people. Fuck. <sighs> All right. Uh, so Kanye West. Now look, is what Kanye West is doing, uh, doing as stupid or as terrible as what Woody Allen did? Of course not. Uh, it doesn't rise to that level of despicable. But at the same time, he's he's just going off the fucking deep end. He's fried himself, and he's out on Twitter, and he's he's writing, he's writing tweets saying that slavery was a choice, that that people chose to be enslaved, and if they could have risen up, they should have, but they chose not to because they were comfortable in it. I mean, dude, again, the kind of shit that you would hear out of like Alex Jones. I'm just waiting for Kanye to go on Alex Jones. He's going to talk to Alex Jones at some fucking point, right? Doesn't he? That has to happen. Where Alex Jones is going to have him on, and they're going to sit there and talk, and Kanye is going to do that weird fucking kind of talking, smiling thing. He was on TMZ. Did you see that? Here's This is how terrible the world has gotten. A guy on TMZ was the voice of reason in the Kanye thing. He, he fucking stood up and shouted him down in a fucking studio and really let him have it. And and with smarts and knowledge and remained calm, but told him, hey man, you're, you're really fucking this up. Basically is what he said. He, I mean, now, now look, let's put it this way. If he had said it like that, my mom would have said, well, there's no way they're going to let you on TMZ. You would have never gotten on TMZ if you would talk like that. But honestly, he just, he, he spoke from the heart regarding how he felt Kanye was doing a disservice to his people. And it was amazing to see. But what was even more amazing to me was just seeing the initial interview where Kanye, he's, he, when he was like, Trump's my boy, and he's talking, and you're just, he doesn't look like a real person. He talks like a robot. He talks like somebody who's been programmed to say these things. I know that looks, sounds ridiculous, but he, there's something vaguely alien about him these days. Where, because again, I keep hearing too that people are saying, oh, he's just doing this publicity for his album and publicity for his clothes. And it's like, no, I don't think so, man. Uh, he's, he's, because again, some of the stuff he said, like when I first started to read it or heard what he was coming back with, I was like, all right, I can respect this shit. It's a lot of that fucking weird, shallow end of the pool level philosophy about, you know, love each other and love the world and all that stuff. And fine. I mean, because I told you, I read the four agreements. I read some of these self-help books and they fucking do good things. If you can listen to them and you can actually implement some things into your life. If you take as, as always take whatever you need, leave the rest in the trash. The four agreements. I took the, the four agreements out of it. I don't need any of the spiritual Toltec fucking Jesus and, and Christians and God and all that. No, I don't need any of that bullshit, but the four agreements themselves are very solid principles. And I enjoyed reading them. Uh, Kanye in the beginning, like I said, he was saying some things that were interesting, but then when he starts with the bullshit about the, you know, Trump is right. And I, you know, I've got a MAGA hat and that and, and listen again, we've discussed this. If you love the guy and you fucking support him, that's fine. Uh, but Kanye, I, I think him supporting him is, um, I think it sends the wrong message and I think it's weird and dangerous because I think Trump is a dangerous guy. But I mean, again, we've talked about this before where you guys feel a certain way and you write me and you tell me I'm wrong and that's fine and good for you. And I hope that's okay. And it's not a lot of you. Uh, and I hope we all recognize and respect the fact that, uh, you know, I'm smart and you're not <laughs> How weird would that be if I really felt that way. Uh, no, I'm a fucking lunkhead, man. I'm a comedian podcaster sitting at a fucking desk and talking into a goddamn microphone seconds ago. I think I, t- I was talking about uh, fucking railing somebody. I mean, you know, you, you don't want me to be that guy. I'm not the, your your go-to to invest in, but I got opinions. I'm smart. Not like everybody says. Uh, 
So the fact that this guy uh, stood up and, and let Kanye have it, I just, I, and again, because it forced me, uh, you know, I don't want to make that choice. That's a Sophie's choice. Choose between crazy Kanye or horrible, slick fucking TMZ assholes. I just, that's fucking brutal. I think I said on this show like year one or year two that if that fucking long-haired dude from TMZ ever popped out of a bush, I would clothesline him. I would just drop him in a puddle of his own regret. I would just say, fuck you, dude. And he comes out with a microphone. He's like, well, you know, we wanted to ask you. Fuck you. Wham. Have a fucking seat. Those people are just awful. They're ghouls. And they started all this shit. You know what I mean? TMZ was one of the fucking four, uh, the, the, the vanguards of this fucking social media bullshit where people just feel they can heckle people and celebrities and bam, what do I tell you? What do I care? I'm just a comedian. Fuck. Shut up. Uh, but people have seen Kanye and they're, and they're genuinely hurt. Like a lot, a lot of African-Americans are fucking upset and sad. And they're just like, I can't believe you're doing this to us, man. And then of course the conservative people have swooped right in and said, ha ha Kanye with free thought. And he's thinking for himself and he's breaking the chains and eh, he's not really, you know what I mean? Cause, cause I will tell you this, the thing that's disingenuous is when people are like, uh, man, Kanye, you're fucking up, man. You're saying a lot of dumb shit. And then the conservatives are like, ha ha Kanye with free thought. And he's totally on our side. And then people go, no, he's just doing this to sell an album. You got to pick a side, man. Is he full of shit and fucking up? Or is he just doing this to sell an album? Is he is he a genius or an idiot? I know there's a, a possibility of being both. Hi, how you doing? I'm Mike Schmidt. Uh, but at the same time, you got to pick a side. I mean, you got to fucking pick a lane here. Either Kanye's dangerous for the things that he's saying and he's fucking up and he's using his bully pulpit and ruining things for people that are young and convincing them and poisoning their minds. Or he's a genius who's using this as a next level marketing technique to get his name out there so he can go ahead and market these ugly fucking clothes in his next album. Uh, you can't, can't be both. I mean, you can be both a genius and an idiot, but not in this respect. He can't be... Uh, well, I mean, I guess he could be a genius at being an idiot. I mean, because I, I trust me, I fucking perfected that. I've, I've gone ahead and buffed that to a high sheen. I'm a genius at being an idiot. Uh, and I will, unfortunately, I'm an idiot at being a genius, as we all know. As I took an IQ test, I didn't quite fucking make it 122. Fuck, fuck, fuck you. <sighs> but people say they watch their heroes die. You know, and I say that. People are like, Kanye's their hero. And then there are people like, oh, man, Kanye doesn't mean anything. But it doesn't matter if he means anything to you. What I'm saying is there is a segment of people out there. Kanye was a hero. Kanye was a beacon. Kanye meant something to these people. And also, Kanye is a fucking genius. I'll fight with you. I know. I I, I, was, I, I think I said it to Max the other day, and he kind of scoffed and, like, snickered. And I'm like, listen to his first two albums. They're fucking amazing. They just are. I know it's not your kind of music. I know you'd prefer to hear the, the fucking, uh, you know, the ink spots or somebody. But uh, somebody else who's dead. But but Kanye for what for the fucking rhymes and sh- uh, I it's brilliant stuff. As a guy who likes hip hop, the first two albums are amazing. Um, he lost me when he started auto tuning himself. I just went All right. Well, I don't need to fucking pick that up. But then the last album, with all, he had the video with all the naked chicks in it and stuff. And uh, yeah, that was that was pretty. With the video, he had a video with naked people in it, like a naked Trump and a naked uh, uh, fucking Taylor Swift. And uh, you don't care about my opinion about that album. Who cares? I fucking. But I, I I had to listen to it with people in the car, and I was like, all right, I like this. I would actually buy this. I can I can get back on board with this. But now I can't anymore because oh my god, look at him fucking awakening people to these terrible things. I don't. Because again, truth be told, nobody cares. I don't give a flying fuck. Doesn't affect my life in the least. Uh, but it's always sad when people see their heroes die. Uh, and, uh, on the same week that Kanye West, who was a hero to a lot of people, wound up showing his ass a little bit, uh, a hero of mine decided to, uh, to really show his ass. And, uh, of course I'm talking about Dennis Miller. Um, you know, the reasons I'm doing this. The reason I decided to do stand-up, other than the fact that I'm terminally lazy and have no other skills, uh, the reason I've decided to do this uh, 
uh, were because of four, like four guys that I would tell you specifically. It would be George Carlin. It would be Mike Toomey in Chicago. It would be David Letterman. And it would be Dennis Miller. In that order, probably. No, well, no. Letterman was I 18? No, I was in high school. So it's, it's Carlin, Letterman, Toomey, Miller. And uh, they, they influenced me to want to do the thing that I do. The, the, you know, whatever the fuck it is that I do. Uh, that thing that I swear too much and I won't get on TV. Uh, <laughs> it's nagging me. Um, and so I, I'm sure you saw, and look, I don't want to, I don't want to fucking belabor the point because again, it's that thing where it got done to death. It got thrown into the fucking spin cycle and it just got, you know, spun. Everybody talked about it. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got their funny joke. Everybody's got their embittered editorial. Uh, last week at the white house correspondence dinner, Michelle Wolf, comedian and writer, she showed up and she did the uh, she did the the annual comedy presentation, and she slaughtered everybody. That's her deal. She did a roast type of thing. Uh, she went after Kellyanne Conway, went after went after everybody. You know what I mean? And she and she hammered Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who was in the room, and uh, I guess they showed her, and she had a pouty face, and uh, and and I, it's not even worth going into the jokes. You've either heard them or you don't care. But I want to talk about it because uh, because everybody collapsed on top of this woman, Michelle Wolf, who's just really kind of coming into the public eye. I mean, this cemented it, but she just had her first HBO special. She's uh, been a writer on shows, uh, terrific shows. She's she's a, a, this really talented writer and a, and a really good stand-up. And so she got this gig and uh, and they just savaged her. They they because that's what it is now. You know, nobody can just go, oh, man, those jokes were a little bawdy or, oh, you know, uh, she shouldn't swear that much. She'll never get on TV. Nobody says that anymore in in that context. Uh, Instead, they immediately say that she's evil. She's rude. She's cruel. She's vulgar. And she needs to apologize immediately to everybody. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to speak, I think, hopefully for every comedian in the world. And I've said this before on this show, and I'll say it again. Uh, I'm going to speak for everybody, every comedian, uh, when I say, fuck you, man. Never apologize for a joke. Never. Never. Because it's a joke. You wrote a joke. You're a comedian. That's your job. Now, look, if someone doesn't think it's funny, well, you know, then they don't think it's funny. But this is your job. Part of the job of being a comedian is speaking truth to power. And that's what she did in that room. And if you could ever think in a million years that anything that that woman could say would be more dangerous or consequential to the planet than what these motherfuckers are doing every day by ransacking the environment and women's rights, fuck you. Fuck you. I can't express it enough. Kathy Griffin Holds up the, the bloody head of Donald Trump. But it's not. It's a fucking mannequin. And uh, and everybody's like, oh, that's in poor taste. Well, maybe it was in poor taste. You know, she took a shot at it. She tried to be funny. Didn't work. Uh, but then she got fucking blacklisted. Like blackballed from television. She got fired from jobs. And everybody's like, no, we don't want anything to do with her. And then people still, to this day, write like rape threats to her. And tell her she's going to get a bullet in her head. She's on kill lists, for fuck's sake. She literally has the government contacting her and going, look, we found your name on another kill list. She's, she's a fucking comedian. Now, look, I will tell you this. Uh, I don't think it's any coincidence that Michelle Wolf and Kathy Griffin are women and they get this kind of aggression. Because I've, I've said it on here before. I'll say it again. Uh, I, I, 
if that would look, if a man had said the things to, to Sarah Sanders, they would have called him a bully. They would have probably gotten on him and stuff like that. But they would have never had the kind of vitriol they had for Michelle Wolf because she's a woman. Because people are so deathly afraid of women in the society, and I can't figure it out. I don't know what it is. We, you know, this thing with the incels, the guy who fucking ran everybody over in Toronto in the van, and now a guy named Ross Dothit wrote an article in the New York Times talking about the redistribution of sex, like possibly women having to fuck these guys to like take the edge off. Or so. I, I literally, I, I didn't read the column. I only saw the jokes. I won't lie to you. But I guess his main premise was that these, you know, that, that women, as they become more assertive and they age out and they don't want to, you know, they aren't the nurturers who want to fucking raise a family and stuff anymore. They should just be what throwing pity fucks to these idiots who live in their kid in their mom's basements and 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 fucking play video games and get pissed off that they can't fuck hot girls because again that's another thing, dude. Um, I've I've read some of this shit. Okay, unfortunately, I've waded through this muck. I've been on Reddit. I've been on 4chan, and I've seen these motherfuckers, and they hate women. They hate them, and not only that, like not one of them is like thinking to themselves, oh, you know, it, it, it's all about getting laid. That's all it is. It's not even about like I wish I had someone to to have soup with or someone to hug or someone to, I could tell all of my dreams to and listen to her dreams and, and we could be happy together and I could root for her and she could root for me. Nobody wants love. These motherfuckers don't want love. I mean, they need love. Maybe they weren't their whole lives or they have misconstrued what it fucking means, but what they want is sex and they want a woman to fucking shut up and take it. It's just, look, man, I've, uh, I've been in bed with, with women. Okay. And, uh, to me, the, the, the thing the only thing that makes it worth it is the look on their face afterwards. That that is the that is. Do I love fucking you know throwing ropes? Yeah, fuck yeah, I love fucking. All right, I love railing girls, and I'm sure this this language isn't helping my meals out all tender. I didn't mean it to. Um, I love getting off. I mean, of course. I mean, I, I but I could but I can jerk off in 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 ten minutes and go to sleep. Uh, in two minutes. Fuck, who am I kidding? I, I could jerk off in thirty seconds if I wanted to and just fucking crash. Uh, it's about the other person. It's about looking up from between thighs and, and having a hand in your fucking hair and telling you not to move or do that or keep doing that or, and then having them say your name that it's, it's about them wanting you, loving you. And it's about you making them feel better than they've ever felt in their fucking lives. It's about you sharing what you do best with them to make them feel better than they ever have. So they never forget your fucking name again. You always want to be the story they tell or the yardstick they measure you against. And yeah, there's a lot of that fucking bullshit in me that, you know, the trying to please kid. I get all that. But these dudes don't even think like that. Like these, these, these guys, I, I, and that's why when they savage a woman, they can't, you know, they, they think it's vulgar for a woman to say these things as if a woman can't be funny or a woman can't be aggressive or a woman can't be like, fuck you, dude. I'll tell you what. I worked in a club with Judy Gold one time. Uh, if you don't know Judy Gold, go find her. Judy Fold is Judy Gold is a six foot lesbian from New York, who's fucking funny as hell, and she destroyed a room full of fucking South Side blue collar assholes at KJ Riddles in Chicago. Because you know, the second she took the stage, you could tell you could tell in the room they were kind of like, oh great, a fucking broad. You knew it. And she dominated from the second she took the goddamn microphone. Now, look, does it help that she's six foot and New York and aggressive? Yes, of course. But she uses those to her advantage. She uses them along with great written material and fucking aggressive personality. She she cleaned house and destroyed the fucking place, leveled it. Uh, and they let her. That was the best part is these Southside Irish. I'm willing to bet now, I, you know, this is 15 years later. I'm willing to bet you that if she did the same fucking thing, granted, she's a great club comic. If she wants to do it, she could. 
but if you you get in there with some of these people now, especially they've been emboldened to this point where they that women shouldn't have a voice or women should know their place or women shouldn't be fucking talking like that. That's the weirdest thing. Like, you know, I was always raised to open doors. I was always raised to do that stuff. And and it made it was funny. It made Jill weird. Like, you know, sometimes if I would go to open a door, she'd be like, honey, you don't have to do that. But then eventually she just kind of let me do it, which was really cool. Um, but I also, I guess I get that it doesn't, it's not a necessary thing. You know what I mean? But I, I was just raised that way and I don't mean it as an insult, certainly. And, um, in the beginning is when she, and look, I should clarify in the beginning is when she was like, honey, you don't have to, but then like it, it quickly became, she's like, oh, okay, that's fine. Um, but, but I see people thinking that women are weak and women should know their place and women should shut the fuck up. And it's just like, you would, <laughs> You watch shows from the 50s and you see the caricatures of men and you go, oh, what fucking cavemen these idiots are. And you realize now when you look in 2018, we haven't come any further. We really haven't. We're, we're raising a generation of Jackie Gleason's. From, not even that. We're raising a generation of Ralph Cramden's. I'm sure Jackie Gleason, I'm sure he's a wonderful man. I don't know. I'd read a book about him. But we're raising a generation of Ralph Cramden's. Frustrated assholes who can't get a job of a bus driver who take it out on their fucking wife all night long. And, and hate her mother-in-law and she's a blabbermouth and I'm going to punch you, Alice. And it's just, it's the weirdest fucking thing. Like you would think, how the fuck can we not evolve past this? How the fuck have women not become equals? And I know someone's going to, oh, we are equal in this and, and, and other men are going to be like, well, they are equal. Why, they, they should take it like everybody else. Women are looked down on. They just are. Minorities are looked down on and it's getting worse. It's just getting so fucking worse. And like, you don't need to hear me preaching a second ago. I was talking about the fucking Avengers. I get it. If I could spoil that movie, we'd never would have gone down this fucking road. But I truly believe that they let Kathy Griffin have it and they let Michelle Wolf have it because they're women. And then, and then they start with this fucking, you know, it's, this is the trick that they use. This is the trick that, uh, I don't even want to say Republicans or, or conservatives. It's the trick that these assholes use. They fucking come for you by, by using, they've weaponized political correctness in a way where they're like, well, you got to apologize. And the person goes, no, I don't have to apologize. No, you have to apologize. And then they'll tag like your mom and your job and go, oh, did you see the things that she said? She's terrible. And it's, they do this thing where they try to shame you into doing what they want. They try to bully you into doing what they want. And look, it's the same thing on the fucking left. Okay. They'll gleefully go after a white supremacist who's been exposed and his voice is out there. But you know what? That guy's a fucking white supremacist. So fuck that guy. I guess the point is I'm saying, if you agree with me, you're great. <laughs> no, man, don't dox anybody. Don't fucking go after everybody. Don't get guys fired. Don't do that kind of shit. But, but also at the same time, fuck, if, if you if you got guys being racists on, on social media and they get exposed, they, then they own it. They have to. They should do that. It's like you can't just fucking hide behind that nonsense because that's dangerous shit. And that's Kanye saying dangerous things. And I'm sure there are people right there who are going to, well, you know, Michelle Wolf said some dangerous things. She didn't really. No. And it wasn't even a joke about Sarah Sanders' appearance. It was about the fact that she fucking lies all the goddamn time. And the thing is, that's another thing. The press won't say you lie. He lies. They just came up with something where they said Donald Trump has 3,001 misstatements while he's been in office. Fuck that. That guy's a liar. He's a lying fucking asshole. Bury him. Fucking go after him. But they carried after Michelle Wolf. They went after her. They wouldn't leave her alone. They won't stop. They still are. It's Tuesday. And it's still going through the fucking news cycle. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Now, it is Tuesday. Uh, and you might want to say, well, why? What's the importance of that? Well, because here's the thing. Um... Dennis Miller, who, like I said, he's one of the, the main reasons I'm doing this. Why you're hearing my voice is because I saw Dennis Miller. And uh, and then something happened in 9-11. It was 9-11. You can't even argue with it. 9-11 changed him and flipped him over to the complete opposite end of the spectrum and turned him into this corn pone, like conservative. I mean, he still has his own, he uses his own shtick. He does the references and things like that. 
but but he's doing it in a different fashion where he's he's hitting he's punching down instead of punching up like he doesn't uh, I'm opening myself up for a lot of you guys to go well you know the thing is Mike you're, t- you're attacking Trump you're not saying anything bad about Hillary or these other people and it's because it's not about what aboutism it's not you know what I mean do I think there are fucking idiots as, who are Democrats I, yeah I do do I think do I think all of them honestly are corrupt and, and having problems? Not all of them, but I think a lot of people are making huge fucking mistakes. And I wish there was something we could do about it. Let's vote them out or whatever the fuck. But I think that Trump and his group are dangerous, dangerous to like the country and the planet. Now, normally I don't give a fuck about this kind of thing, um, but you know I, I'm 50. I'd like to see 51. You know what I mean? Because again, look, dude, I've I've run aground here. This is not the point I wanted to make. I need to I need to stop. I need to focus. I need to do something. The point is Dennis Miller. Um, usually I'm fucking cohesive. This is so strange. It, it, Dennis Miller came out and he ripped Michelle Wolf. And he said, uh, you know, he's like, this is terrible that she would do this. I'm going to look up Ms. Wolf and I'm going to have some mean jokes about her on Wednesday. Now, if, if that statement alone doesn't show you just how lame Dennis Miller has become, I don't know what to do for you. Because how do you on Sunday morning say you're going to write mean jokes on Wednesday. You're a comedian. Especially, he actually used the platform of Twitter, which lends itself to immediacy to tell people that he would be announcing jokes about this woman on Wednesday, which essentially, that's as bad as when you go to, to when you go to fuck with somebody and they go, oh, don't get me started. And I'm like, no, no, I'd really like to get you started because I want to hear what you have to offer because I'm guessing you got fucking nothing. Oh, man, oh, I'll tell you what, don't even go there, man. Well, why not? Let's go there. What do you got for me? Anytime anybody does that, it's because they don't they can't have they don't have anything better to say. They don't have anything. And and he had nothing on Michelle Wolf, but he still had to jump in. Why? That was the thing. Why would you even jump in at that point? And then for me to go, yeah, I'm gonna make this about me. Of course I am. For the, for the last two days, Sunday and Monday, and then even today, Tuesday, I, I wrote a joke about it. I, I tweeted a joke about Dennis Miller because I had to, because it's it was the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. As a comedian, you don't announce that in three days you're going to have brilliance. You can't. It's bad enough. I tell you on this show all the time, I'm like, oh, I don't want to fucking say that. I can't pitch that because it's not going to happen yet. I don't want to be that fucking guy. But but seeing fucking, I mean, because again, Dennis Miller, he, he was a fucking hero. He was a hero of mine. I can't lie. He's one of the reasons I'm fucking doing this. And, you know, it's funny. I did a, I did a podcast with our, our friend Cheryl Jones, and I, I forget it was at the top, the five things that made me, I think it's called. Well, I mean, I taped this fucking thing two months ago. It's not coming out till July, which, because uh, she banks them. She's smart. You know what I mean? I do these fucking shows and then I have to get them up in a day. <laughs> she books stuff and she gets it fucking recorded uh, you know, five months in advance. Honestly, I, I could be dead. I could be dead by July. She has no fucking idea. Will she run it posthumously? I don't know, but watch your fucking iPods. Uh, but on that show, I talked about Dennis Miller and, and I did jokes. I did some of my favorite, I like mentioned my favorite jokes and cause language is so important to me. And I said, he used language in such a deft way. And, and then, you know, he had, when he had the TV show and then he hosted the Emmys, his Emmy monologue is fucking unbelievable. I saw him live twice. I told you he still has my favorite line ever to a heckler. And I'm going to do it now because I, well, I have to, he's at the coach house in San Juan Capistrano. It's him fucking David Spade and Janine Garofalo. He comes on last, he does his bit, and some guy's just being an asshole in the crowd. And he's not he wasn't trying to heckle Dennis in a mean way, but it was kinda like he was he was like trying to be his friend, like like, yeah, you tell him or yeah, but he just wouldn't stop. And everybody's finally you know, Dennis is just like, you gotta stop. He buried him. He buried the fucking guy. Show ends, Dennis Miller leaves, and at the coach house you go upstairs. So he goes upstairs. And then people are cheering, they're clapping, they're cheering. And then Dennis Miller comes walking back down the stairs, and the place goes crazy because he's doing an encore. And he comes up to the microphone and he goes, uh, I don't normally do encores. 
but I wanted to have the distinct pleasure of walking away from you twice. And he points at the guy in the crowd. Oh, dude, dude, what a fucking destruction. Just blew that guy to fucking smithereens. Literally, I thought Woody Allen put family shrapnel on everybody. I'm still picking parts of that guy out of my hair. Oh, man, did he detonate that fucking dude. Wanted to have the distinct pleasure of walking away from you twice. <laughs> Gorgeous. And that's who he used to be. Listen to the Off-White album. It's phenomenal. Before he turned into a fucking football monkey and a conservative joke. And it's so depressing. You know, at least Carlin died. I mean, Carlin got angry. And I had to watch him become a ranting, raving, angry guy. But the writing was still there. You know what I mean? There was a lot of anger, but the writing was still there. My buddy Mike Toomey's still getting it done in Chicago. He's now on Morning News. He's doing great. He's killing it. Letterman aged out finally, and now he's doing the show on Netflix, which I haven't seen yet because I don't have Netflix because why would I? Because that's only the thing that everybody in the world has. I'm actually ordering it tomorrow because tomorrow's Wednesday, May 2nd, and Wednesday, May 2nd, there's 30 days of a trial, and then I'll be able to pay. I want Because I want my bill to line up at the beginning of the month. I'm the weirdest person alive because if I'd have done it on May 1st, then that means it would be due on the bill would be due on the 31st, right? So I did it the second so I could line it up with June 1st. <laughs> I'm a smart guy and a bit obsessive, but I don't fucking care. But Letterman and, and Carlin and Toomey, they survived it. And Miller, I, I had to watch him become this, whatever this is, whatever he is. Whatever. And look, I'm sure he's successful. He's got a big house in Santa Barbara. I'm sure he's still married to his model wife. He's got kids. He loves it. He's happy. And uh, he's happy doling out slop, maybe. I mean, I, I, he looked like a guy who used to take pride in what he did. And maybe he still takes pride in it, but it's a mess. It's a drag. And I, and Leno, too. You know, when I, I talked about Leno, when he took The Tonight Show, it's, and the thing that's the worst part about all of this, you know, is, is there are people, because again, this is a hero of mine. This is fucking awful. And, and for, to have your, your hero make such an awful pop culture misstep and then have everybody go savage him, it's, it's just fucking, it's like watching, it's like if Elvis grew a Hitler mustache. I mean, it's like that fucking bad where you'd be like, I love this fucking guy. Wait a minute. Or like Mick Jagger fucking uh, turned a fire hose on MLK. You know what I mean? You're just like, I love Mick Jagger. Wait a minute. What the f- Put the hose down. Oh my God, they just want to have lunch. The fuck is your problem? Dude, it's just... You can't. When you see genius atrophy, it's just fucking terrible. When you see it make such a misstep, you see Kanye getting yelled at by the fucking TMZ guy. It's like, it's like if John Lennon married a ring wraith and broke up the band. <laughs> Which I guess he kind of did, actually. Uh, but still, at the same fucking time, it's enough to make you go, God damn it, why? Why make this choice? Leno, why make that choice? You, you, you would think that they would... But I mean, it does crazy things to you. Money does crazy things and, and aging. and I mean, I know, I'm old. Uh, I should start acting my fucking age. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. That I, I, and and nobody will ever know. There are people out there. Again, like I said, there, there are real comedians calling them out. They're 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 calling out Miller, which is fine. But then there's also these open micers who you know don't have a shred of talent, and these fucking terrible people on Twitter, and they'll they'll never know who he was. They'll never know. And even so, they'll look at him through a weird prism, like they'll watch his old stuff and just go, "Well, it wasn't funny," and he was great. Leno was great. You know, these guys, they were amazing. And it's such a drag. It's such a drag to see them all fall apart and fall away. And granted, there's Michelle Wolfs and there's John Mulaney's and there's Laurie Kilmartin's and there's, there's brilliant people out there to pick up uh, the slack and be funny and be, be everything that you can want and, and are still uh, doing it. You know, old people, young people, there's just, there's people that are Greg Proops. I mean, there's people out there that are brilliant standups and, uh, and didn't let it take them out. But but as far as like Leno and Miller, it's like you, you know you either you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Uh, 
I guess in the era of Twitter, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself pecked apart by open micers on fucking Twitter because you had talent, probably still got talent. It's just so misdirected and so wrong. And and I tell you what, I could bitch about it over and over and talk to you guys about it more and more, but I've got to be boring you to fucking tears with it now. And besides, it is right now 1148 and I've got 12 minutes to get ready for Dennis Miller's, Miller's brilliant material he's no doubt written over the last three days about Michelle Wolf. I'm waiting for the ball to drop in midnight, cha-cha, so I can see my former hero return himself to glory by taking apart a woman who's doing a job that he used to be able to do very well, but she's now doing maybe better than he ever did. Ah, oh, that hurt to say. Fuck, that hurt to say, and I don't really believe that. I don't believe it. When he was great, he was great. She's great, but when he was, he was, he's, he's one of the reasons I'm doing this. Leno, ah, fuck. <laughs> I don't even have a smart ending for this now. I thought I could go out on the wolf thing as it came up in my head. It felt disingenuous saying it because, uh, because I mean, right, let's put it this way. Right now she's better at, at what he's doing than, than whatever he was doing. But, but there was a time where, uh, he, he let everybody have it. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's sad for me, not for you. Believe me, it's just a fucking mulleted comedian. I get it. <laughs> but for me, man, you don't want to see your fucking heroes eat it. You just don't sit there slack jawed and you know, and you have to lean forward and ask the three guys in front of you. What did that mean? What just happened? <laughs> oh no, that's Dennis Miller throwing himself into a bonfire and then saying he's going to come out with jokes in three fucking days. The Jesus of jokes. Fuck that. They're just in a cave right now. Just, you know, put nail into a fucking cross because they're not coming back in three fucking days, Dennis. Uh, I got no ending. You guys can get me at MikeAndMikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friends at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can get me at Snapchat. Did you know that I'm on there? I'm lurking. I got like four of you who talk to me regularly on there and then other people who pop in from time to time. Uh, I learned about something called Tajine covered cucumbers on Snapchat just the other day. Uh, and by the other day, I mean this morning. Um, all right. So, uh, again, find me at Snapchat, Mike40YOB, 40YOB. And also I'm at Instagram at Mike40YOB. And, uh, and look, you've all come through and you've had wonderful things where you've told me things that I should do going forward. And I'll talk about those things in the future, but I like all of your ideas and I'm taking them all under advisement. <laughs> so Facebook, Twitter for right now, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, and email are the ways you can find me. Uh, remember to find Ryan Dirks. He's the great friend of this show. He does all the web stuff for this show. He's available at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. You can be his friend and tell him he's great because uh, he is just that. Remember that Giovanni Giorgio Peluso does all of the YouTube stuff and all the other cool stuff for this show. Uh, you can find him at facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. Giannavi, I almost said. Facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. You can find his podcasts available now. Uh, it's the Geo, the Get It On podcast, and also the Outdoors FAQ podcast. Those are available. Check those out. Geo talking, saying things that are important to the world on his podcasts. And uh, he does all the Loveline stuff for Adam Carolla. He's out there cleaning that up and shining it up and doing what he can to make Dr. Drew remember his name. Go ahead and find those things, please. Uh, and again, remember, he be his friend at Facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. 
David Hernandez does all the artwork and the music for this show. Uh, when I get to him on time, he does. Uh, he's he's uh, available at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Go ahead and be his friend on there and, and bring him into your circle of friends. And you guys can all be pals and have a, a bonfire of some sort. But if you'd like to commission him to do something, go ahead and find him at artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. And he will go ahead and do a painting for you. Uh, you know, whatever you need. If you want to, like you said, he's got Valscapes, he's got Gaikons, those are available that you can peruse through any of the things he hasn't sold. Uh, I think he actually, the Prince uh, photo or the painting that we put up last week was for sale. Um, And I don't know if he sells the old artwork from this show. I have no idea. Uh, regardless, ask him. You know what? Ask him. Get him at artbydmh.com and find out there. But he'll do com- uh, com- commissioned work too, like something custom, a custom job. So if you wanted to paint yourself, uh, you know, with your armor on Woody Allen and your armor on fucking uh, uh, Mel Gibson, why not? Why not do that? Just commemorate yourself. And last, uh, did, I, did I talk about this last week? I don't know if I did. Last week, I was in, I actually saw some of the art by DMH stuff out in the wild. I may have talked about this last week now that I think about it. I don't know. I forget what I say. Fucking I, The second I turn the fucking mic off, I forget what I say, um, which is why it was such a, a bummer to have my mom remind me that I'll never be on television because of all the swearing I do. What do you, oh, there's my phone making a noise. Uh, all right. So I apologize for that. That's so unprofessional. My phone should be off. It should be, of course, but it isn't. It's just sitting right here by my side. Uh, all right. So that's the thing. Find our friend David. You can get him to do some custom artwork for you. Find him at artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y dmh.com you're listening to the 40 year old boy and later this tastes like divorce oh i'm Vic, and i'm Vinny, and we're, we're the screw brothers. brothers come on down to our house of filth we got plenty of adult toys we don't know what to do with but i bet you know what to do with them Stuff like baby house lawn job, turn your cock black paint sets, my friend fisty, let's just cuddle dildos, anal extravaganza, platypussy brand pussy lip extenders, it's a jerk off stopwatch, we got the I love my wife ass stretching kit, hey fans of the 40 year old boy, mention Mike and get a free Apecock 2000, open 7 days a week, 24 hours a day, come on down to our house of filth, remember it ain't filthy, unless it's screw filthy. I think I spiraled off there at the end. I mean, I, we started strong, we looked solid, and then uh, and then I might have lost the plot a little bit at the end. But uh, you know, I was like, it's like most of your movies these days. It starts out, comes out, guns a blazing, and then maybe the third act's not as satisfying. But uh, what can I do for you? I'm not a third act guy today. <laughs> I didn't have a third act for you. Um, you know why? Because the more I started to talk about Dennis Miller, like I, I couldn't even. I tried to make it funny or whatever, and then my head was like, man, that's just fucking sad. And then I'm saddened by the fucking world anyway, so the fact that he's even a cog in that fucking evil machine, and then he's going to get picked apart by people who are lesser than him, and even though he's become less than over the years, fuck, shut up. Now I'm just doing the same thing. All I'm doing is fucking navel-gazing. Hi. Who wants to be an Uber driver? You? You? What about you? I'll bet you do. Who wants to be a Lyft driver? Uh, this is a weird thing. I picked up a dude the other day, and I and he wasn't going for He's only going like a mile and a half. So he started to drive yawning and uh he goes uh he goes hey do you drive for lyft too and i said i do and i i was like he goes why don't you do it uh, all the time and i explained then he goes oh because i'm actually a recruiter for lyft i'm out here offering 500 hundred dollar bonuses and i was like whoa dude well I, I wish i hadn't said i drove for lyft and he goes yeah he goes it would have been a pretty good deal and uh he goes but also at the same time i understand what you're saying because everybody who tells me they don't drive for lyft feels the exact same way you do i go okay good uh so this is the best part i drop him off and then i drive away and then i get pinged again it's him 
And I could have canceled it, but fuck that. I'm, I'm chasing a bonus. So I go back to get him, and he just looks at me, and I laugh. And I go, ha, ha, what's happening? And I drove him another mile and a half, and I dropped him off. And I go, you should probably wait like five minutes until I get far away from here. And he's like, yeah, I will. <laughs> but I don't care. The Lyft spokesman gave me two rides in my bonus chase. Uh, and that's the kind of adventure that can happen to you guys if you want to become a Lyft slash Uber driver. If you want to be a Lyft driver, use the code, and this is all caps, M-I-K-E-720057. That's Mike720057. You can become a Lyft driver. And that's even if you want to be a Lyft rider, a first-time Lyft rider. Use my code, all caps, M-I-K-E-720057. And uh, and take that with you and rampage and run and drive and passenger and whatever the fuck else you got to do on Lyft. But if you prefer Uber, as some people do, Use the code, all lowercase, D-J-Z-W-1-Y-T-T-U-E, D-J-Z-W-1-Y-T-T-U-E. Now, I should tell you this, like the last three or four people who took this code signed up and then uh, and then didn't do the rides. And I don't blame you. I, I don't want you, if you're out there thinking, fuck, Mike's waiting, he's, can't, he's waiting for this bonus. I don't. I mean, if you do this, great. And if you don't, great. Because I mean, I tell stories about people punching me and all sorts of nonsense. So why the fuck would you want to do it? But I throw this out there in case I can be the Uber pimp and somebody who really wants to get desperate like me. And goes out and does it. Uh, you can use the code for Uber, DJZW1YTTUE. And the code for Lyft is LCAPS, M-I-K-E, 720057. Uh, and you know what? Let's do this. We haven't done this in a while. You want to keep track of your miles for your taxes? Of course you do. It's now tax season. No, tax season's over, but it's for next tax season. Uh, go to MileIQ.com slash invite slash all caps HFVHB. That's MileIQ.com slash invite slash HFVHB, or you can download the MileIQ app to your phone, and I'm sure they'll ask you like uh, if you have a code to sign up with. And then uh, everybody who signs up, I get a $25 gift card for iTunes. Yeah, that's right. They don't want to give me any money, but they'll give me 25 songs. Yeah, that's right. Those songs are buck $29. they will give me 18 songs, which is fine. I'll take those. Uh, MileIQ.com slash invite slash HFVHB. I, I fucked it up. MileIQ.com. Slash invite slash H slash HFVHB. Go ahead and do all that stuff. Folks, folks, we've got other stuff that I think I've told you about. <laughs> I've told you every week. We got a Patreon page. You guys want to go ahead and subscribe and, uh, and help out the Patreon page. That would be fucking cool, man. I would certainly appreciate it. Uh, it is out there. It is exciting. Go to patreon.com. Look up Mike Schmidt or Mike 4OYOB. I believe it is on there as well. And, uh, and become a patron, man. And, and I'll be thoroughly thrilled. And then it'll go ahead and support this and get me back on the road and doing a bunch of cool things. And there are plans coming up in the next few months. A lot of people are like, oh, Mike, what if you... Because, again, I talked about how difficult it is to show when I'm doing it by myself. And some cool people were like, Mike, you know, you should maybe get a, a different video source and maybe you could broadcast doing the podcast stuff. Hey, uh, that's all in the pipeline. I'm just going to tell you that. I, again, you know me. I don't want to talk about things until they're official and ready to go. But these are things that have been thought of and actually have a drop dead date. Like they're going to happen. So I will get into that as we get closer to those. But uh, the more I, I mean, I can't tell you a lot of it now. Well, I, fuck, I'm on Twitch. If you go to twitch.com and you sign up for the, it's Mike for OYLB, it's the 40 year old boy channel. Uh, subscribe. Because uh, eventually there's going to be stuff on there, and it's just a matter of time. Uh, uh, it's got a dovetail with a bunch of different stuff that we've got going on, but uh, that's the plan. I'll be on Twitch, and uh, and I'll be on Twitch every fucking day. It's coming up in a, soon, but uh, I'll, I'll tell you more as that gets closer. But if you go to Twitch.com and you sign up under the 40-Year-Old Boy channel, uh, and like I said, there's the YouTube channel. Uh, you know, Geo spent a lot of time creating that. If you go subscribe to the YouTube channel, that'd be fucking great, too, uh, and and. Uh, this is funny. Again, like I, did, I had that big drive for for YouTube, and it was like to keep our videos monetized. Literally, all of you signed up, and then they demonetized us anyway, and they've ne- they've not reactivated us. So, 
Uh, YouTube is, has not given me a dime <laughs> since you guys signed up. I'm glad you signed up. That's pretty awesome. And it's not like I put up a ton of stuff anyway, but, uh, I'm glad you're there. And that stuff's the video aspect of this is all getting utilized very soon. Uh, you know, and, and that's courtesy of some listeners out there who've really helped out and, uh, people with suggestions and geos working really hard. So, uh, he did the YouTube channel, go to the 40 year old boy YouTube channel, subscribe to that. That'd be great. But also go to twitch.com and subscribe to the 40 year old boy channel. And I'll tell you what, this week, if I can see, uh, if I see stuff, if I see people there, maybe I'll throw something up on there. I don't know how to do it yet. I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, but it's all in play. So thank you guys for thinking about that, and that's going to happen. And so sign up with the Patreon page, too. That would be really cool because that helps all of these things going forward. Um, we've got the Cameo app, which I've talked about. Go to If you Google Cameo shoutouts or video shoutouts, uh, the Cameo app exists. It's available for your phone. You can download that and then look for me, Mike Schmidt. And uh, I, I think I'm also Mike 40YOB on there, but just Google. Look for Mike Schmidt. You can't miss me. And uh, and look, there's all sorts of YouTube comedians. There's all sorts of Instagram comedians. There are plenty of Ask Jeeves comedians. There are uh, Wikipedia comedians that are out there. There are GeoCities comedians. I'm, I'm in that forest of people that are all out there. I'm you know, all the, the load.com comedians, the den.com comedians, all of those people are lurking, but I am out there. I'm a beacon in the night and you know me, I'll talk to you. So fucking you want to hire me to tell your aunt she's awful. Or you want to hire me to tell your cousin he's the best. Or you want to tell me to tell your brother that he's super cool. Or you want to hire me to tell your dad he's a dick. I can do all of those things, man. Whatever you want to do, find me at the cameo app for video shout outs and I'll do that. And whoever gets it from you will be, well, they'll either be happy or sad or excited or frightened or mad. Uh, I, I wanted to say the eek. I should have said the eek. It would have not thrown the cadence off. Still, I am out there on cameo, get the cameo app and look for me or look for me on the laptop at cameo video shout outs and you'll find me and I'm there and uh, I'll, I'll be happy to do that for you. Please. Why not? Uh, go to Mike Schmidt We've got all the stuff there on the Joe business page, stuff still for sale. If you want to download it and all that. Uh, and last week, you know, we had that, uh, that print song, you know, that's also for, for Patreon subscribers soon enough. Right now we've got, Max has got a lot of plates in the air. Uh, so we're, we're working hard on stuff. Uh, so eventually things are coming, but if you go to the website, the, the Joe business page, we've got the Amazon link and that's out there now waiting for you. And, uh, you go ahead and use that. It helps us. We get money. They get money. You get stuff. It works out perfectly. You're using Amazon anyway, man. So why not cut us in for a little slice? Jeff Bezos this week just announced that he's going to space. He's looking at space colonization and space travel. So I'll tell you what, why don't you go ahead and kick him a little extra bing bang and get me some of the money so then I'm one of the, one of the first shuttles out of here. Throw me out to be the first podcaster in space, man. I'd love to come to you from Uranus. <laughs> Home run. Uh, I could have said Venus. Why? Because the goddess on the mountaintop burning like a silver flame. Um... So fuck stupid ancient song. I just, I, I talked about mash for 45 minutes earlier. What the fuck am I binging my age for? I said bing like 30 times in the show. Hey, uh, so that's available at the website, the Amazon link, click through, buy stuff. We get money. They get money. You get stuff. It's a perfect symbiotic relationship, not a symbiote relationship or whatever the fuck the chick said in the venom trailer. The fuck man, Jenny slate. Yeah. Marcel, the shell with shoes on learn how to say a fucking word. If you're going to be a fucking scientist in a movie. Uh, we've got a sign biot or whatever the fuck she said. It just sounded awful. Uh, but I'm sure she's lovely and talented and she's going to make that movie even better. <laughs> the Venom movie totally needed fucking, uh, Jenny Slate. Um, see, I'm being mean. I, I'm sure Jenny Slate's terrific, but just, and they, it, it's just the fault of everybody on the set who didn't go, Hey, it's symbiote, you know, or, or, or symbiote or whatever the fuck. I look, I don't even know how to say it. That's why I'm not in the goddamn movie. Uh, I've always pronounced it symbiote. That's how I've always pronounced it. Am I wrong? I could be. Uh, 
Uh, but when she said she's like symbiote or whatever the fuck she said, and I just went, ah, it just hit my ear weird. Uh, and then later on, everybody's like, it looks like Venom's eating a giant dick when his tongue comes out of his mouth. I went, all right, well, this trailer's now defeated. I was excited and ready to go to the movie, and I was like on board with it. Even a mumbly, sweaty Tom Hardy. I'm like, all right, I can watch that. I like Tom Hardy. But then everybody's like, yeah, Jenny Slate said symbiote wrong, and then he looks like he's eating a giant dick. And I'm like, ah, oh, this movie's ridiculous. Uh, I can't see it now. Can't possibly waste the time. Uh, so go to Cameo and get me on there. Go to the website. Go to use the Amazon link on the Joe Business page. Do the Patreon thing. And, folks, it comes time now where I have to make an announcement. First of all, July 7th, 2018. It's July 7th, 2018. I think we all know, folks. We know that I'm going to be in the in the wonderful state of Ohio, in the perfect city of Cincinnati, doing fantastic things with wonderful people in a terrific place. Uh, I'll be at the Clifton Performance Theater. Tickets are on sale now to see me in Cincinnati the night of July 7, 2018. That's a Saturday. Now, during the day, I'll be in a chase. I'll be in a run, a sprint of sorts with some Spartans and people like that. Uh, We're all going to run in the finish line, and then we're going to kick a guy into a giant hole. It's going to be fantastic. So please uh, go ahead and uh, if you want to participate in the run with us, that'd be great. It's me and Colette, and I believe David, although I don't know if I have official things from everybody if they're doing it. I know Colette's doing it. She has to. She's got no out because she's kind of like, she's my beard all week long. You know what I mean? Her husband is like, all right, you want to lead podcasting idiot, your internet chum around, go right ahead. So she's going to lead me to all sorts of different places. We're going to a minor league game one day. I think we're going to the Reds game on the 4th. Uh, it's going to be fun. So if you want to do any of this stuff, fucking chime in. I mean, she's already got tickets for the other games, but I mean, if you guys want to hang out or tailgate or just whatever, I'm available. I'll be in fucking Ohio for four days. Um, and, uh, and so I'm doing the, uh, like I said, we're doing the Spartan Sprint in the daytime. And then that night we're doing the, uh, the show at the Clifton Performance Theater. And I don't know what the show is yet. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm... You know, I've been banging around ideas for a new one man, but then I'm like, am I going to tour the one man enough to make an actual new show? Should I just go out and do older things? Should I just vamp for you guys? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. So uh, who knows? Maybe I'll try some new stuff and some old stuff and we'll strike a nice balance at the Clinton Performance Theater. And by we, I mean me. You guys will just strike your feet on the ground as you stampede towards the door because you don't like the new narrative or the things that I'm saying. And I don't blame you because if it's anything like the second half of this fucking week's show, hey, no, come on, be kind to yourself. (laughs) Be good to yourself because nobody else will. That's what Journey says. Uh, but now we've talked about Cincinnati. We talked about me July 7th. We talked about that. We've talked about other cities that I've discussed and I, I'm ready to announce. I'm ready to announce, ladies and gentlemen, uh, August 9th, August 11th. That's right. I'm doing two nights and you'll hear why in a second. We're doing two nights in Seattle. Ladies and gentlemen, Seattle, Washington. I'll be at the Jewel Box at the Rendezvous or the Rendezvous at the Jewel Box. I forget exactly how they term it, but it's a, it's a place I've been before. The other two times I've come to Seattle, you've seen me there at the Jewel Box, the Rendezvous Theater. Um, and it's it, by the way, they've revamped it. They've got a new chef, a guy from Momofuku in New York is there cooking food. I, I'm just I'm just doing the show to eat at that fucking place. Honestly, I couldn't care less about the, the actual show. I'm just going to eat this guy's cooking, which is going to be fucking great. Uh, and maybe, you know, so here's the deal. I'm doing the show on Thursday. I'm doing the show on Saturday. Like I said, the that's the 9th and the 11th. But here's the important thing, folks. Uh, I'm not alone in this venture. I'm not alone in this juncture. I'm I'm coming and I'm bringing, and hell's coming with me. <laughs> Not hell, Hellwood, I guess is what I'd call it. Uh, Graham Elwood is going to be doing these shows with me, ladies and gentlemen. It's me and Graham Elwood in Seattle at the Jewel Box at the Rendezvous Theater. Tickets are on sale now at Brown Paper Tickets. And I will tell you this, Saturday night is stand-up and storytelling. It's going to be, uh, Graham's going to do whatever he wants to do. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Uh, and I'll, I'll be, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll go up back-to-back on Saturday night. And uh, the show Saturday night is at 7 o'clock. I will tell you this, the, uh, the show Thursday 
starts at 9 o'clock p.m. And uh, it's going to be a political vigilante show. Graham is doing his political vigilante stuff. So he's going to be filming that night. So uh, he's going to be doing, you know, that thing. And I know you're thinking to yourself, well, Mike, what the fuck are you going to do during the political vigilante show? Uh, I'm going to open it and I'm going to try to do uh, all topical stand-up. And I'm going to do, I, and I don't know if these people are going to be with me or against me. I hope you guys will come in and support me because uh, Graham tends to get a lot of people out there for the, the progressive thing. And, and that's fine. Uh, I, you know, I will, I will do what I can to, to be as funny as I can. The point is two nights, Thursday night and Saturday night, or I'm sorry, Wednesday, is it Thursday? Yeah. Thursday and Saturday, the 9th and the 11th of August tickets are on sale. Now Thursday night is a political vigilante show for Graham. Uh, I'll open it. I'll do like a half hour and then Graham will do like a, you know, 75, 90 minutes, whatever he wants to do. And then Saturday will flip flop. He'll open and I'll close and I'll do uh stand up and stories. And so will he. And, uh, and we, we thought, why not come to town together? It seemed like a good idea. And I'll be in town that whole week because I'm going to see Pearl Jam on Wednesday and Friday doing shows on Thursday and Saturday. I might even come to town on Tuesday. I don't know. It all depends on where I'm staying. I'm still trying to figure out the Airbnb situation. And uh, while I'm up there, again, if I'm coming up there, I maybe I'll record a show. Maybe I'll record a podcast. Uh, who knows? We'll figure it all out. But the point is tickets are on sale now for me in Seattle with Graham Elwood Wednesday, August 8th and Saturday, uh, the August 11th tickets are in sale. Or it's, no, fuck not Wednesday. God damn it. Thursday, August 9th. Saturday, August 11th, Pearl Jam, the 8th and the 10th, Mike Schmidt, the 9th and the 11th, uh, 9-11, you can't forget it, never forget, 9-11, I'll be there in Seattle on August 9-11, uh, and, and tickets are on sale now, and fucking come out, folks, it's going to be amazing, going to be a fantastic time, I've always had a good time at the Jewel Box, always had a great time in Seattle at the, at the shows, and uh, and coming with Graham, it's going to be, I'm, look, man, am I, am I, kind of twisted up about the Thursday show. Fuck no. I mean, I know I'm funny. I can go on stage and do whatever I do as long as people are cool. And, and I don't know what the fuck they will be. Uh, but it, you know what that also means, dude, it means I got to spend a lot of this summer doing going out and doing open mics and honing jokes. Oh man. I can't just, cause you can't just go up and talk in front of a room full of people who are waiting to say that Barry, Barry Sanders, Bernie Sanders, you know, what? that's the thing. Maybe I do a whole bit about Barry Sanders. They think Bernie Sanders is amazing. They'd be like, Oh my God, he's the greatest. Hey, what about Barry Sanders? You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll throw my Barry Sanders on the table against your Bernie Sanders any fucking day. Oh, free college for everybody. Well, watch this run at Oklahoma State. This guy's a badass. You can't fucking tackle him. You can't bring him down. Hey, Hillary Clinton brought down Bernie Sanders while she needed some help from Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Haha, <laughs> look at me getting topical already. Folks, I'm so progressive. Look at me making it work in the political vigilantes uh, forum. I'm going to be there and these people are going to love me. Oh, look at that big guy who doesn't know anything about politics and he thinks the whole world's going to end. We love him. Yeah, you do. And then let's talk about Barry Sanders for 35 minutes.
we here, we are playing on a level that most will never see.